All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Hunter the Reckoning tonight. We are continuing our chronicle, Your City Lies in Dust, and we now have a permanent new fixture to the group. I don't know why my voice went up so high there. That was kind of strange. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we have, uh, yeah, yeah, Steven did so incredibly well uh, as Rena. I'm great at dying. That we thought uh, we wanted to give Ashley a break from having her characters die. So we brought in Steven to go ahead and take those bullets for her. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I would do anything for you, Ashley. Oh, I almost forgot. What? Oh, uh, oh, he... oh you got to Top oh. button. Oh, he oh, did oh, not. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 I wow. Love it. He's put an actual, actual free scholar on. Oh, see, this is why Steven gets paid the big imaginary bucks. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Farco Dev, thank you so much. Uh, let's see, Chuck so is going two seventy eight. I like that. Uh, Farco <laughs> Dev, I got that's complications. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness! I uh, I have actually started in my prep with every scene. I always make up like if someone buys a complication, this could happen. I do that all the time. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's great. great. Yeah, I have it ready to go. Uh, and again, complications aren't just like an auto kill or anything. There's just an extra wrinkle just to cause you all a little trouble. That's all. That's all it is. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, Chuck. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, Aaron, thank you for those gift subs. Look at this. Everyone's just throwing out. We got a hype train and stuff going on already. Um, you all are you are far, far too nice, uh, which, with the exception of Steven, of course. But he makes up for it. Yeah, I'm not giving any bits right now. Uh, Everyone else is doing it for I know me. you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. That red blondie DJ Quiver. Thank oh, you all. You're great. All right. Oh, that's my wife. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I Thanks, know. Leah. So you are giving some bits right now. You just didn't yeah. realize it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Damn, making me a liar. Yep. 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 All right. Why don't we do a quick uh, a quick roundup? Because we have we have a full crew. So this is going to be the crew from now on. Uh, whether or not they stay the same characters, that might change. But this is our crew. Uh, Long is back after a couple weeks off. So it's really great to see him. And Long, why don't you start us off and tell us about Alvin Tao? Yes, I'm playing Alvin, the judo master, 30 years in training. Got my own dojo. I have a wife and a young daughter. I... In a late night, he came in an encounter with a supernatural being that mangled his left wrist, left him with pretty nasty scars, had to get multiple surgeries. And because of that, he's always seeked out this supernatural, trying to see what, why is it so powerful? What's, what is it doing? Very curious about it. Yes. Also, uh, you're very good at risotto. Uh, and uh, we're going to get, we're going to check it on your family here at some point early on in the session. As uh, while you were gone, I decided to put them in danger. Uh, and that's what you get, uh, for, uh, world traveling. Uh, Ashley, we'll, we'll, int- we'll find out about your new character soon. Ashley, uh, played Elaine. Sadly, Elaine passed away a few episodes yep. ago. Last time Should it was. I introduce Dina? Well, yeah. You, so Di- is, is it Dina? I always, I keep running. Is it Dina or Dina? Dina, Dina. Dina, Dina. You say Dina, I say Dina. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Farco, thank you so much for the gift subs. Is that a, is that a poison the Baltic star I see in there too? What's going on? I thought you guys were playing. But I saw you all up and up and playing. So yeah, tell us about Dita really quick uh, because okay. uh, there's a lot we never learned about her. So what did we need oh, to know about Dina? So Dina Hodges, she was uh, Elaine's friend. She was the one where we got the trink gun from uh, that we used to track the eyeball monster. And sorry, excuse my voice. 
Um, but she specialized in veterinary medicine. Um, she had this cool dog that you guys never got to meet. Um, oh, I want to meet the dog. Yep. Uh, but she was, she took the, I took the beast whisperer perk. She was untraceable arsenal. Um, and yeah, uh, she grew up on a farm with her grandparents and then she met these guys because, because <laughs> Elaine was hinting at some things that were occurring. She's really concerned about a chupacabra that maybe yeah. have we had a whole thing. Point. Ashley and I worked out a whole thing that's <laughs> never going to happen. And then, yeah, yeah it sounds like a lot of work went into this. It did. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then she got in a car with some strangers who she thought might be her friends, and that was her first mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we figured out afterwards she also has the other pills. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She's the one with the other she, pills with the evidence, which is great. She had a a character or a person who visited the stable she worked at, yeah. and uh, they gave her three pills because she was going to date a Thomas, like like uh, Yvette's yeah deceased husband. Yep, yep. <laughs> we had a whole thing. It was ready. We we're ready. <laughs> Dina, we barely knew you. Uh, I hope you live a happy life in uh, yeah. whatever state you clearly relocate far, far to away. yes yeah uh, she's already somewhere on the east coast i'm sure yeah she'll yeah. be in like north carolina all of a sudden <laughs> all right uh let's uh let's kick it down to uh to quixote rust aaron tell us about quixote i asked you who i was last time because i didn't know but i'm sitting here leaning against this car with a gunshot wound in my gut. And I I had a moment of clarity. I am Quixote Rust. You see, I've been trying to be some 10-year-old little boy, trying to grab a hold of his life and his family. But he died. He died the day his family died. He died when that parasitic demon crawled inside him and ate him from the inside out. That's when I was born. And for 10 years, I lived in darkness and pain and hate and hunger. And then I was birthed into the light by Sister LeBlanc and Dr. Freud. And that's when I took my first breath. The Society of St. Leopold, they don't want anything to do with me. They think I'm tainted, some vengeful apostate. And they're not wrong. I'm a guerrilla soldier in the war against the darkness. And I'm going to always do whatever it takes to keep innocent humanity free of the taint of the evil that is supernatural. So, Granny Longlegs, the next time you're waving at me and smiling at me through my own reflection, I'm not a scared 10-year-old little boy anymore. I'm your death staring back at you. Do you hear me? I'm your death. Oh, by the way, listen, this is between you and me. Don't tell anybody else. I'm telling you this stuff because they already think I'm a little unstable. So, shh. A little unstable. A little unstable. That was great. Uh, Aaron always has the best intros to his characters. Uh, I think I'm going to start requiring everyone to do stuff like this. So, just, you know. I prepared an intro actually this time though, because Aaron raises the bar so high. 
Well, anyway, uh, I don't think we're going to introduce you, though, on the... Yeah, yeah. I, I got it for next week. Yeah, for next, next week. session. Next session. Okay. Uh, but we do have one more returning character. We have Maria Baum, who I think holds Quixote's life in her hands right now, which we'll get to in a second. Tell us about Maria there, Melissa. Uh, yeah, Maria. Um, she is our... Blue collar inquisitive. She's got a cat named Annie waiting for her back home. She's got a van. She's got a drone. She's got a dead mentor. She's got a dead mentor's niece. And there's a witness that just uh, drove off with evidence and she's having a no good, very bad day. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, thank you to everyone who tossed out stuff, bits, subs for that hype train. That's a new all-time record for us. 60% away, level three. So that's that's very, very awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. So shall we dive in? Uh, let's get started. So uh, last session, we began with a a small hunter wake for our, our poorly, poor, sadly departed Elaine Graves. It was held in the private room of a downtown pinball arcade bar that she apparently frequented in life. Ashley chose it. Yeah. There, there, the surviving cell members met the aforementioned Dina Hodges, who was a friend of Elaine's and a valley vet. She wasn't fully initiated into the world of darkness, of course, but she had suspicions. And she had some connections to Sunset Trails, in fact. Drinks and stories were, were shared, but eventually the evening was interrupted by a familiar face, a friendly one, but not a friendly one at the same time, Dr. Wendell Drebin. Uh, he, he gifted you all a, a, a bottle of very expensive wine and his condolences and, and sort of made it seem like it was a peace offering. Uh, he explained how the people that he represents don't like to waste talent, and the death of Elaine was kind of a waste. And then he, sort of in a politely threatening manner, suggested this, that, that you all, your cell, should turn its attention away from what's going on in the Phoenix Valley and his various projects, and instead turn its attention somewhere else, right? Uh, and he even offered you a lead on, on a clan of werewolves that are apparently operating in the Superstition Mountains east of AJ, uh, Apache Junction. Uh, Rust uh, at, uh, got, you know, as, as you would expect, not react well to that, move towards Drebin, but that's when every single person, every single patron uh, within that arcade bar suddenly stopped moving and turned, had guns drawn here and there as as all these undercover lockroom control agents who had uh, had been paid in some way to protect Drebin. So you all mold the offer, sort of. There's some back and forth on whether they actually follow up and, and lay low for a bit, and then there were others who were like, no, 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 let's, we're going we're gonna to persist. And so you all decided to persist with the Sunset Trail stuff. Dina uh, was also going to lend a hand as well. She managed to meet with one of uh, the Sunset Trail's residents, uh, one by the name of Yvette. I can't remember the last name. Uh, but Mora? Yeah, Mora, I think. Uh, and that woman had a, had a horse at one of the, the private stables where Dina worked. And eventually, after some, some schmoozing, gave up a couple, three small pills that these, these sort of experimental pills that were supposed to be like anti-aging or something like that. And it was for, uh, for Dina cause she was going on a date, I think is what it was. Uh, later on, as you guys were trying to, dis- to debate and discuss 
uh, what what happened. Alvin was gone this day. He wasn't with you as he was dealing with something with his parents. As if you recall, Drebin had those photographs of of everyone here and there, and that photos of of Alvin's family. So Alvin went went off to take care of that. While you were driving in the van, Rena smashed one of them and snorted it. A few minutes later, she started to freak out a little bit. She, well, she started to have some reactions. Shakes a little bit here and there, sort of get a little agitated, scratched like really roughly down the dashboard. And that's when like Rust saw it was happening and he just went for it and stabbed her in the ear, killing her instantly. Steven is known to make a character. So after that, Dino was also in that van, hadn't seen what was going on and was freaking the hell out. You all decided... Maria, that you were going to contact Katya, let her know what happened to Rena. Katya is basically Rena's adoptive mother. So you you found a empty uh, empty parking lot for a uh, a mountain trail somewhere in the in the Phoenix area. You met her there. Still had Rena's body in the van. Still had Dina with you. Still had Rust with you. You told you told her what happened. You told Katya what happened, and she turned and just fired at Rust. Pulled her gun out and started shooting. And would have killed him, too, if you, Maria, hadn't bumped her, giving Rust just the amount of time and cover to pull his own gun, fire back, and kill your beloved mentor, Katya. Katya, who, by the way, possibly saved your life while at the Whitehall Advanced Care Clinic when you were dealing with that strange entity uh, that, had, uh, that had forced Elaine off and up into the mountain. So... We're going to pick up right there. Rust is bleeding, leaning against your van. He's got a gut shot. Katya is dead on the ground, just a few feet away. It is late afternoon, evening. There's still probably about an hour and a half, two hours of light, we'll say. You hear the screeches of the car, of Katya's car, off in the distance, driving away and out of the parking area. Dina is gone. Maria, Rust, what do you two do? So Maria is immediately going to go over to Rust and she's going to kind of get down kind of level with him and just sort of kind of do the arm bar kind of across the top of the chest. You did this. You did all of this. You you are still a kid. You don't understand this shit. I have been doing this for so much longer than you. And this is what happens when you don't think. A leads to B leads to C. And people die that did not deserve to die. Do you get that? Tell me you get that. You're muted. Wasn't innocent. And that she was a hunter. And that you loved her. And that she didn't deserve to die. There better not be a butt coming. There, there is no better butt. not be a butt coming. Not for her. But Rena. No, no, no. No. No, no, no. She was changing and she would have killed you, you don't in that van. know that. I do. That's the problem. No, I Dina do know was it. right. 
All of those people take those pills. And this doesn't happen. You don't know what was going to happen. When you kill someone, you can't not do it. I felt it. You know I've got gifts. I felt her changing. I saw what those people at that compound, your friend, those old people did to a busload of homeless people. I fought them. They're stronger than we are. They're faster than we are. And they tore people to pieces with their bare hands and teeth. It we already lost Elaine. I couldn't let her kill you. Kill them right away. There was no other You can way. secure people. You can do other things and kill them later. You there don't no, kill was, first. That's not, not what we do. Risk, I was not going to risk you. That is what we do. Sister LeBlanc has always been clear. When you're faced with the supernatural, you cannot hesitate. You either execute a plan or you withdraw. We were in a moving van and she was turning. I did what I thought I had to do to protect you and to protect the mission. And I would do the exact same thing again every time. She was a threat. She chose to take the medicine that she knew was dangerous, putting us all at risk. And I put her down for the evil that she was becoming. That uh, doesn't, doesn't forgive my actions against Katya. And if you feel like I've got to die for that, for taking an innocent life, then I understand that. But I will not feel pity for Rena. She chose her path and I ended it. I'm not going to kill you. That's not our first choice. We don't kill first. Think about it later. I kill monsters, not people. We hunt and we decide what we need to do. Sometimes it's killing. Sometimes it's not. And you are not acting alone. You are in a... There's a whole group of us. Do you not see the pictures? Why Alvin's not here right now? Because they have pictures of his family? That's why we don't kill first. We have to be smart. You have to take what you've been told and use it smartly. Uh, If she hadn't done what she did, she'd still be alive. And if you hadn't done what you did, she would still be alive. She points to Katja. And we wouldn't have Dina running to the authorities right now. She's not running to the authorities. She's seeing too many weird things. Even if she does, it doesn't matter. I don't exist. But I do. But I was the one who did and Alvin it. You does. made it very clear. She doesn't and even she know. She did. Her, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna apologize for Rena. I did what was right. Period. That's something I'm going to need to think about. I understand that. I worked the streets alone before, and I can do it again if you don't want me around. But I was not going to let her hurt you. I wasn't there when Elaine died. I couldn't stop that. You people are the only family I've ever known, and I wasn't going to let her kill you because she wanted to play with supernatural pills. I couldn't risk it. I just couldn't risk that. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't that. disagree with you that Rena was a little shit. But just because you didn't like her 
doesn't mean you find an excuse to kill her. That's not why that I is not her. what we do. It's not why I killed her. Look at the scratches. She's the, in your van. She tore through that like it was paper. How long have you been doing this hunting? Two How many years. years? How long? Two years. You think I've been doing this longer than two years? I, I know you have. Okay, then. Two years doesn't give you all the knowledge you need. I'm not saying do it understand? does. I'm not saying it does. I understand that. But she crossed a line, and I'm not going to say I'm sorry for it. I'm sorry for Katya. And I'll take whatever punishment or penance I have to serve for taking an innocent life. But Rena was not an innocent life. She stank of the enemy as soon as she took those that those pills. You saw what her body did. It continued to try to move for 20 minutes. It tried to heal itself. She was not human when she took that those pills. I smelled the difference immediately. I felt it in my bones. But you're right. You have to decide what you want to do. And I'll accept anything you say. Right now, I want you out of my face. And she's going to let up. And she's just going to punch the side of the the back of the van door. And she's going to call Alvin. All right, Alvin. Your phone rings. You've been dealing with family I, th- I think for the last 24 hours the last you saw everybody was last night Elaine's funeral last time you talked to them you knew that they were doing something Sunset Trails but probably haven't heard from them since I don't think so so what is Alvin doing when this call comes in Alvin's been spending time with his daughter wondering what she's been up to, how she's doing. And alongside that, he's been preparing or reinforcing a panic room that he's had built in his safe house. It's pretty much just like a locked room that can fit uh, two people. Mm -hmm. Just two. Yeah, I think it increases if you increase the advantage, but it's mainly for my wife and daughter in case something happens. So you're you're sitting there, it's uh, late afternoon. You're doing your be- like your your daughter's maybe coloring book, watching cartoons, playing around with a tablet, something as you're sort of doing this renovation to your panic room and your phone goes off and you look down and however you have Maria recorded in your phone or maybe you have a a, a phone specific to your hunting you know, and then you have like your your family phone, and you see Maria's number pop up. This is Alvin. What's going on? I need you to. I need you to meet me. Yeah, just tell me where. You're gonna have to do something with Rust, and I'll give you the cross streets. I'll take that location. And uh, tell my wife and daughter I have to step out again. Okay. So would you go? And you go to tell your your wife what are their names? Because Celie is the daughter. What's your wife's name again? 
You don't even remember your wife's name. <laughs> I see you. I see you on Foundry jumping I, I over the relationship map. I see you clicking on it's. It's Lucia. Okay. So maybe she just gets home from work. She's home twenty minutes, and she's uh, you know kind of winding her day down. And you come over and you say you gotta go. She's like, "You're gonna leave again." You know I'm busy. You're. You run a dojo. How, you get a phone call, and then you up and leave? The dojo's closed anyway. Uh, it's unrelated. You know, that incident that happened there. Yeah. The cops, they keep, keep looking. They keep wanting to know more. And do you know more? I keep telling what I can, but they just don't believe me. Well, maybe I don't believe you either. You're hiding something. You just have to trust me. Something happens at your dojo. Kids get in a fight. There's drugs. One of them's got their face bast in. And now you're home. And you're expanding our panic room. And now you're just leaving. I'll explain it to you. Someday, but I just can't know. Just see her shake her head and just go. Just go. Your your daughter, Seely, come like she kind of you can see her like hiding. She sees mom and dad fighting. She's kind of hiding. She's looking out. She watches you as you kind of go out the door. You turn around to close the door, and there she is, like peeking out from behind, you know, piece of furniture or something like that. She was hiding behind. She sees you leaving. I just do a little wave to her. You see this very like ginger wave come back up and then you close the door. You start, because you're in an apartment, right? Or is it a, is it a uh, house? I can't a remember. Small house. A small house, okay. Yeah. So your small house, you're in, are you in like North Phoenix or? Yeah, it was North Phoenix. Yeah, that's what I thought. So you get your, do you have the motorcycle? Yes, do? I do. You pop in your motorcycle and you start driving away. Roll an awareness test. As you're awareness. as you're driving away, uh, awareness uh, will say wits. Okay. Only got one success. Okay. But if like the pool matters, it's like the auto win or something like that. I forget. Uh, what you could take half. I'll give you half. What's your half? Take half. Yeah, I had five, so half would be two. Is random. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah, even two's not good enough, actually. Okay. Yeah, everything's fine. You hop onto, you hop onto the surface street to get out to the highway, and you head out. Uh, you're going west, actually. Uh, not all the way west to Surprise, where Sunset Trails is, but you're heading west. Uh, kind of Glendale-ish, probably. Pull off. And uh, Maria, were you sending him to... Oh my gosh, too old to twitch. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, are, are you are you having him come to where you where Katya where where you are? Are you leaving this location, Maria? I'm having him come and pick up Rust so that I can go. Okay. Dispose of the bodies. Okay. 
All right. It is nearing sunset. Maria, you notice that there's this. So, so you, you all, the, the you and Rust right now in the, in the van, you're in a parking lot. It's paved, but there's also this sort of dirt parking, you know, kind of extended area. There's a couple different trail markers, trailheads, and this sort of weaves and winds its way up to kind of a distant mountain. It's not a very nice trail. There's far better trails uh, to go on, Camelback and such, not too far away. But you do see a car turn into the parking lot area. And it's not uncommon, you know, for people to go on walks or hikes and kind of see the sunset. And so you see this car weaving its way. It's not Dina, something different. It just looks like a, like a truck that's pulling up. And they're not parking anywhere close to you. So what have you done with Katya? And what have you done with Russ? Uh, I would say we, the, both of the bodies are inside the van. Okay. Um, I've told Rust that Alvin is coming. Uh, so I don't know what Rust would be doing, but Rust is not inside the van. Rust is Rust. bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> bleeding badly. <laughs> yeah. All over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in his own blood. What would Rust be doing, though? Rust would be... Maria, I know you hate me right now, but we need to get Rena's blood. We need to keep some of her blood. We need to figure out what's in that drug. Other than that, I'm just going to sit here and bleed because I think I'm going to pass out soon. I, The best I can do for that is some rags and she'll just sort of toss them your way. Okay. You can see at this point, Maria, that there's a couple – uh, probably you would put peg them late twenties, early thirties. They've got hiking gear on, uh, you know, it's basic stuff. They've got their water bottles, like a fanny pack or something like that. And, you know, they're, they're kind of joking and laughing. They definitely just look like normal people, but you see them walking in your direction because you guys are fairly close to one of the trailheads. Maria, leave, leave, take the gun, take my gun with you and leave. They can find me here and take me to a hospital. And I will do that. I had taken um, a particular edge with my van before that helps me kind of be stealthy with it. Okay. You do want to leave him? He has a gunshot, so you know that's going to cause some complications. It's all right. Just go ahead and go. I can handle it. Get in. Okay. <laughs> Russ climbs in. into the passenger seat. Okay. So you climb in. And as you climb in the passenger seat, Russ, you can see right in front of you as you're kind of holding, like we'll call it like a gut shot or something like that as you're holding. And you can look out on the dashboard right in front of you. You see the clawed scrape marks from Rita. It's right there. You can see a, a chunk of her finger, fingernail at the bottom of one still kind of embedded in it and a little smudge of blood there as well. You Is there, is there quick still attached to the fingernail that she tear it out by the root? Uh, yes. He bags that. Give me, give me a little bag. <laughs> he goes, this might help. Reaches out his bloody hand, grabs it. All right. So you pull out in the van and you drive away. Uh, presumably you call Alvin and you come up with some other plan. Uh, yeah, some I'll other change place. the rendezvous point. Okay. And we'll say within about a half an hour, 20 minutes or so, you, Alvin, Chiote, you're in... This empty parking lot of 
what looks to be you know, kind of um, kind of near the airport, kind of off to the south. So it's uh, one of those one of those sort of commercial fronts that are that are there, but they're kind of transient, like uh, rental properties. And you kind of pull up into there, and Alvin's motorcycle comes up. You see him, Alvin. When you come up to the van, <laughs> there's a little blood on the outside, and there's a lot of blood on the inside. You see Quixote in the front seat. He's bleeding. You see a dead Rena, and you see a dead Katya. You don't see Dina. All you see is Maria and Rust. Jesus Christ, what kind of carnage? Tell me about later. Rust, you're bleeding. I need to get to St. Mary's Basilica. Get, get him. Get him out of my sight. I need to take care of Rena and Katja. I no place. Oh, I'm gonna be gone a while. Get do what you need to do with him. Is he any like immediate danger, or is it mechanically speaking? No, he's not gonna die. Okay. Um, not, I'll but, go ahead and just load him up. Yeah, it's it's probably painful for him to ride on the motorcycle. Right on the motorcycle. Not a good day. <laughs> he's going to bleed all over he's your gonna bleed all in, He's going to bleed on your back and everything. Yeah, But okay, so Alvin, you, you get Kyoto affixed onto your motorcycle uh, and Maria, you head off to take care of these bodies. Um, we'll deal with Alvin and Kyoto first. As you head off to St. Mary's, uh, northeast of where you're at, kind of backtracking the way you came, Alvin. Eventually you do get there and at this point sun is essentially halfway down you know the horizon so there's very little light left. Um Quixote, you see the familiar silhouette of Sister LeBlanc uh, kind of pacing around out on the steps like looking and looking and when she sees you pull up because I, I imagine Alvin you probably only have the one helmet so maybe she sees Quixote and she comes sort of racing up concerned she looks down and she she sees you rust and she's what what's happened sister leblanc i w- i was shot i had to kill an innocent person she didn't understand but rena was never a hunter she was always in it for herself and she took that drug. Alvin, it's this I know it's the same drug that you saw that kid take at your dojo that all your black belts couldn't tackle this kid and hold him down. It's the same stuff that that got Brock beat up. It's the same stuff we saw them feeding those old people that turned them into animals. They tore those homeless people apart. Rena snorted it because she thought it would be funny, and I could feel her start to change. I couldn't lose Maria like we lost Elaine. I could I just I killed Rena to stop her mid-change. And then we went to tell Katya and, and she shot me and then I shot her back. I probably should have just let her kill me, but I'm sorry, sister. So you know said LeBlanc does not correct you. She doesn't like stop and say you're wrong. She looks over. You can tell she's she's trying to maintain a semblance of composure. 
Alvin, as the story is being told, she's looking at you, just sort of trying to get confirmation in your face and your eyes, like a nod or a shake or, and, and again, this whole time, Rust is, he is in pain. He's been losing blood. He's probably becoming more and more uh, exhausted by the, by the moment. And then she says to you, Alvin, without really addressing anything Rust said, she says, do you know where Desert Ridge Methodist is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. There's a man there and a woman. Um, Reverend Wood. Tell him I sent you. He is in the world. He has a medic. I can't bring a gunshot wound in here. This is... She kind of looks almost angry at Russ. This is St. Mary's. This is not the society. This is a... This is I'm a sorry, proper sister. institute. I know, sister. I'm sorry. We're already... Drebin. We're you already having understand. to answer questions about you. I know. There were but... detectives here. They were showing us video of you. There were pictures of you. You've you let yourself understand. be seen. I'm sorry, sister. I did not teach you this. I taught I you know, better than this. Killing innocents? Letting your face be caught? I getting did. shot? Yes, sister. Very, very, very disappointed in you. I know, sister. But here, this is this is her fingernail and some of her blood. You can maybe find out what the drug is that's causing this. I don't think those old people, I don't think that compound is just to keep others out. I think it's to keep them in. I think Dreb is just experimenting on them like he experimented on the guy who became the eye thief. They're just using us like cattle. Yes. I know you're angry with me, sister, but... All right, I'm going. I I won't be back to the Basilica, I promise. I'm sorry. She points a very stern and kind of bony, sort of liver-spotted finger at you, Alvin. I'm holding you responsible. Get him here. Get him to the Desert Ridge Methodist Church. Speak to the Reverend. Get him patched up. You're responsible for him. Do you understand me? And she is full Catholic nun at this point. Oh, yes, of course. Sister. She grabs, like, begrudgingly grabs the bloody, like, evidence bag or just probably like a Ziploc bag or something. Yeah, (laughs) out of your hand. Reverend Wood, he'll know what to do. I'm right, sister. This is bigger than, this is bigger than any other hunt I've ever seen. Go. So not drive off. You drive off, yeah. <laughs> Let's cut over to Maria as it's even clo- now the sun is basically down. There's very la- there's like the last ribbons of light as it uh, as you can see the sun is is now below the horizon. There's still a little bit left. What is Maria doing? So Maria is basically driving off like into the desert, basically to bury these bodies and Maria um, she's she's driving and she 
she just keeps like kind of slamming her fist on the steering wheel, slamming her fist on the dashboard and just being like, you're so stupid. Why did, why didn't you, why didn't you bring them somewhere else? You're so stupid. You sh- it's your fault. This is your fault. Not Rena, but Katja. All she ever did was help you. Stupid. And she just like, as she's driving, she just keeps like repeating that because she knows that Katja's death is on her. That of course Katja was going to react that way. Of course that's how that was going to play out. And so she's just driving out to, you know, the desert and she will. Okay. So like adrenaline will make this a swift process. All right. So you're like, I don't know, like maybe up towards Anthem or something like that. Kind of pull off westward along the way. Um, just gonna bury them. Is that the idea? Just in yep. the middle of nowhere. Okay. Yep. All right. So we just see, I guess, we just see the headlights of the van as the sun gets further down, then comes dark, and then it's just Maria on the highway by herself. There are some other headlights here and there, and then slowly over time. Like they kind of dip off and go into these different directions. You continue upwards on the 17 further and further and further north of the, of the valley. And eventually you find a, a pull-off point and makes sense. You note the nearest mile marker and you kind of drive off. You hear the, the bump of the, the first, like kind of the dirt, the dirt side of the road. And then kind of further off into the actual desert itself to do the deed. We'll cut then at that point to Desert Ridge Methodist. Uh, Steven, what, what is Desert Ridge Methodist like? Can you paint uh, us a picture? Yes. Desert Ridge Life United Methodist is the full name because uh, we like our, our names to be fancy here. Uh, it's the north side of Phoenix in a very affluent area. It's actually not too far from Whitehall. Uh, it is a big church. Uh, it seats like 2000 people inside. Uh, and it's tucked between a shopping mall and a golf course. And there's just parking lot, uh, like square miles of parking lot. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's so big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's so big that it actually has multiple buildings. Like there is the actual church with the auditorium and everything. And a lot of rooms in there. And then there's a, building in the back that has most of the offices for pastors and staff and things like that. And then there's another building just for maintenance. So we'll presume that maybe, maybe sister LeBlanc gave Alvin a number to contact along the way. Alvin, you pull into the, this massive parking lot of this super church complex you dial the number. Uh, does the Reverend Wood carry a cell phone? Yes, I would. Okay. You, you feel... I'm a modern man. Wonderful. You feel it buzzing, uh, vibrating maybe in your, uh, in, your, uh, in your pocket. Where would you be? It's, we'll, we'll put it at around 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, uh, middle of the week. What is Reverend Wood doing and what does he look like? Introduce us. All right, so Reverend Wood is a uh, early 50s man. 
very fit for his age. Uh, wears uh, the clerical collar and everything. Uh, around this time, he would be at his office, uh, hands down. Uh, he's actually got his own private door to his office, and like a, a section of that building is just dedicated to him. Uh, there's a library in there, and his wife is his secretary. Uh, they've got a little parking spot around back. Uh, would Sister LeBanc have told me they were coming? Uh, I would say that's probably fair, that maybe once Alvin peels out, she calls ahead and she warns you. Okay. She gets on the so phone. So I actually yeah. then would have gone over to the maintenance building okay. and uh, popped up the garage mm-hmm. uh, so that I'd be ready for them. They can just pull right in out of sight. All right. And so at that point, Alvin, you're you're weaving around in the, in the parking lot. You're looking for something, a sign. You see suddenly there is a man. Wave, kind of waving the garage door is open and you drive the motorcycle right on in uh, Reverend Wood I presume yeah, Al- I'm Alvin. that is me Alvin and Quixote Rust well I've seen you in better condition haven't I he's can't talk right now he might be passed out Reverend it's, oh, it's good to see you but yeah, I made a mess of things. I'm sorry for Alvin. I'm sorry for getting the blood all over your motorcycle, and I don't. I think I'm gonna pass out. And I quickly hit out. the button for the garage door. <laughs> he made it. He made it though all the way, and then he, he passes out yeah. out of these air. You catch him, Alvin, right between the two of you before he kind of slams down to the ground. But you catch him so he doesn't hit a, hit the ground hard. Okay, and so now Alvin. Refn Wood, two people who don't know each other, staring at each other, both of you holding. Alvin, there's a, there's an office in the back with the cot. Let's, if you don't mind helping me, we can take him there. Yeah, of course. And I would, uh, assuming Sister LeBlanc called me and like filled me in that he was like injured, I would have called Linda so she would be on her way. And so as we'll say, or, or we can just say as you go into this room with the cot, Linda's waiting. Okay. So, Ashley, tell us tell us what Alvin sees and what we see as he and and the reverend kind of gently drag Rust in and lay him down on your cot. What do we see? So, it's a relatively large room and there's this kind of utilitarian uh like uh workshop bench where she's got a lot of weird looking supplies. There's like bottles of holy water on one side. She's got these like glass jars that look like they're supposed to be for candles. And then to the side, much smaller is a medical cart. And um, she's got a cigarette and she's smoking inside as she's working. And she's, she looks old. Uh, she looks like she's in her 70s, um, and she's just an average height woman, but she also looks oddly fit. Like, she's got some biceps on her as she's smoking, and you can see she looks buff, and she turns, this fucking kid's going to get blood all over my shit. Are you fucking no, kidding me? Language, Linda. Cody wakes up for just a second. 
please don't cut off my Baja shirt. It's the only one I own. And then passes back out. Oh, no. Can you help him, Linda? Yeah, I can help him. We might have to take him. You might need more than I can do here. I got all my surgical tools at home. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107, verse 20. Just do what you can. All right. You're you're the man. And she uh, will put out her cigarette just on her workbench and just kind of leaves it there and she'll drag her cart over to uh, Coyote and she's going to heal him. Okay, so this is going to be an intelligence plus medicine. Difficulty is equal to the total aggravated damage. So how much is that, Rust? That's five. Difficulty is five. Um, Does Alvin or Reverend Wood have any skill in medicine, perhaps, that could maybe serve as nurse or assistant? I do not. Yeah, I have two points in it, actually. Okay. Uh, Well, why don't we say Alvin lends you a hand? Uh, okay. And you, so you can take plus one. And we also have a, if I add it up correctly, nine um, audience okay. donations. You can take one of those if you want. What about, I have specialty medicine trauma care. Hmm. Would that, uh, that would apply here for sure. Yeah. So you get your, um, nor- that's just a normal mechanic. So you get the, the, your specialty would apply in this situation. I haven't ever rolled my specialty before. Do I just add? It's just a, it's, it's a just, bonus die. It's just a bonus die. Exactly. Perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you can just roll intelligence medicine and then plus three basically for Alvin audience and specialty. Two, three, four, five successes. Five successes is, is successful. Uh, so that is a success. You do manage to, it's, it's a little slow going at first. Maybe is your, but eventually you you get the bullet out. So yeah, she's she's already lit another cigarette as she's over like his his chest wound, mm-hmm. and <laughs> she's like setting it down as she's digging in, and she's got these like really those really long thin pointed like plier things, and it's like she's playing <laughs> that like doctor game where you're trying to pull stuff out, and she's just going in, and then she's sewing you up. <laughs> so. So the amount of healing you get is going to be equal to half of your medicine rating rounded up. So your medicine rating is a three. Is that correct, I Linda? I have a three, yeah. So that means you would get uh, – so that rounded up to four. So you would get two health back, Rust. That takes two – it takes some time to superficial instead of aggravated? Correct, yeah. Yep. And then the superficial okay. will clear the beginning of next session. Mm-hmm. Or if, if if you all decide to take a couple days, then we could say it'll heal that way. Uh, or if basically the, the the storyteller can always say that if enough time has passed between scenes, you can always do it then too. So it, and that's going to depend on you guys. All right. So we'll say Kyoti is he's the, the bullets out, no danger. Doesn't look like it, it, you know it's, it's going to have some recovery time. Probably going to be some pain, but he is we'll say recuperating in the cot. Uh, of this uh, of this garage, uh, he's sleeping. Linda, Reverend Wood, Alvin, you're here. You three, you doing anything? Talking about anything? Alvin, I suppose it is time for proper introductions. I'm the Reverend Doctor Solomon Wood. It is a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure is also mine. I'm Alvin Dow. 
Are you in association with Sister LeBlanc? Loosely affiliated. Uh, we both have the same goals in mind, if not part of the same organization. I see. So both you and Linda, hunters, I presume, then? Yep. By trade. By trade. Seems. Uh, Would you uh, care to fill us in what happened with Mr. Rust here? I mean, best as I can. I only heard a brief moment what Rust told me. Still seems to be in a bit of trouble. A couple of casualties. Mm. A Katya, Maria's mentor. She sent over almost like a daughter in our cell and she acted up, went crazy, taken a drug. Taken out by Rust here. When Katya heard the news, well, gunfire happened. This is the result. A, a drug, you say? What sort of drug? Uh, I know little about it, but it causes rage. Enhanced strength, I would say. Uh, why don't Linda and the Reverend Wood, why don't you two roll intelligence streetwise? If you have it. Um yeah. Is, is Rust conscious while this conversation is going on, or is he out? I would say he's probably out, I would think. I don't know. That's what I, that's what yeah. I thought, too. Yeah. I got, I got a four. A four? Okay. Four successes. Uh, two. Two. Uh, okay. I would say that the two of you probably have heard rumors. Uh, and I would say, Linda, you've probably not just heard rumors. You've probably, as a medic, have maybe come across some of the ramifications of this drug. It's called Dust. Uh, and it is, it definitely has been a, with your medical knowledge, uh, I know you're not a doctor, you know, medical doctor, but you have medical training. Mm-hmm. And at some point you've probably stitched up some people who have had encounters with folks or, or, or you've dealt with somebody who, who has either taken this stuff or has been the victim of somebody who has taken this stuff. But it very much has a kind of PCP angel dust kind of quality to it. And so the rumor is that it's just some, you know, a lot of people just assume it's some sort of new, new version of it necessarily, but it's, it's just the street name that you've heard. It's just dust. Um, Reverend Wood, you might've heard some, some of your patrons and such maybe have mentioned it. Maybe there's concern, you know, children, etc. Uh, but maybe not, maybe you haven't had any firsthand experience with only two uh, successes, but the two of you would be familiar with this kind of rumor that's going around. Yeah. You've heard about PCP. That's some terrible stuff. Dust. Now that's some, some serious shit. It sounds like that's what, that's what y'all are dealing with. I keep forgetting I'm on this holy ground. Light me on fire. Reverend. It's okay. The Lord forgives. Thank you. Some habits I'm still trying to break. But yes, as Linda says, this is a very serious issue that has begun to taint our community. I didn't realize that it had supernatural connotations, or is he just a cell killer? He's a special one. He can feel the supernatural, but I don't know how it really works. I'm special too, 
And I haven't killed my own cellmates. They were really our cellmates. We're kind of. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Rena, you can make an argument. Uh, Katya now. Katya was just. Yeah. A, she was. She was an ally. She yeah. shot first. That is true. <laughs> she did. She did. All right. Well, I'm not going to get into When he awakens, we can hear his side of the story, and then we shall. Okay. Let the Lord, let the Lord judge. And then my gun can follow if the reverend decrees. But uh, <laughs> I do my reverend's dirty work as needed. <laughs> so, By dirty work, she means our gardening. <laughs> so we'll briefly cut then out to the desert. Hours have passed. Grave, uh, separate graves or one grave, Maria? Uh, she is looking to punish herself, so she's going to take the time to dig two. Okay. It's going to take you even longer. I'll tell you what. Roll, roll a stamina, we'll say athletics test. Mm. We'll put the difficulty at six. Uh, six? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'll take an audience, so I'm at least rolling uh, four dice and hope for uh, some crits. You did say you wanted to punish yourself. I am just following your lead. <laughs> <laughs> the facilitator. Uh, you know. Uh, How many successes? Um. Two. Okay. So it's going to take you until we'll say uh, about f- three, four o'clock in the morning to do this, uh, to get it all done. The digging the mm-hmm. holes, dragging them in. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. You know you know how it is. It's hard caked earth out in the desert. It's not. It's we are not a uh, a moist climate. Uh, so <laughs> very hard caked earth. But if you, you do it, however, you're exhausted by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Take four superficial health damage purely from exhaustion. Oh. Ooh. Okay, then. Difference between <laughs> the difficulty and how you succeeded. And so three o'clock, four o'clock comes around in the morning. You haven't been interrupted. No rain, no windstorms, nothing. It's been absolutely and utterly quiet out here. You bury the two of them. Do you make any marking or any kind? You know, it doesn't have to be like no. Okay, um, definitely no marking. Um, she will um, kind of kneel first to Rena. <sighs> you are pain in the ass. You really were. But I don't know. Maybe he'll learn from this. Maybe maybe that'll be what comes from this. Maybe he'll think a little more. But I'm sorry. So I'll go over to Katja and kneel down. And 
basically no words will come and you'll just see just tears and she'll just be there for a good five ten minutes and she'll get up head down walk back to the van and look for as she's driving back she wants to try to find one of those like full self-service car wash kinds of places that are kind of open 24 hours that you know have the hoses and everything sure i think that you certainly could find that once you kind of get back into yeah you yeah know, once, once you get back to the city, valley you guys yeah. are you're about 45 minutes outside of the valley at this point as you drove northward mm-hmm. but once you get past that and you get back into town you see the normal signs of civilization again you can certainly do that so we'll say it's you know 5 a.m or so by the time you get back into the city you take the time as best you can and it's early in the morning so there's like no one around when you do this which is actually strangely beneficial and you continue and by the time you're done the sun is up or at least you can see the sunset rising we'll cut back we'll say night has also probably passed for you all um alvin would you have stayed with rust or would you have gone home I would have gone back and okay. clean up a bit. And the only outfit I had to change into was my judo uniform. Okay. I would have found him a coat or something to wear while he's on the motorcycle. Okay. It's very kind. So considerate. That way he doesn't have all the blood on his back <laughs> so as he's riding. It's true. There is a lot of blood on your back. You probably should just throw that, that away. <laughs> yeah, true. Not sure you want. Not sure you want Lucia or Seely to see that. <laughs> So, uh, Alvin, you eventually make it back home, middle of the night at some point. Your wife's already asleep. The doors of the bedrooms closed. You look at your couch. There's a pillow and there's a blanket. Not the couch again. The couch again. Sprawl out. Go to sleep. Linda, Reverend, do you do anything during the middle of the night? Uh, I would be staying up with Quixote, I think. I, I would have uh, called my wife, Sarah, and mm-hmm. uh, told her to go ahead and go home, and that I'll stay at the church. Okay. All and right. uh, I, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't hide any details from her. I, I would tell her that there's a man here who needs my care. Okay. What about you, Linda? Uh, if you don't need me, I'm going to go to sleep in my bed. You got my number? Of course. Get some rest. I'll bring. Let me know if I need to bring anything uh, special tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll let you know if I, I need anything, but you get a good night's rest because tomorrow may be a big day. In peace, I will lie down and sleep, for the Lord makes me dwell in safety. Psalms 4, verse 8. Right. Amen. And she leaves. <laughs> well done, sir. Okay. Uh... Reverend, why don't you make an awareness wits? Okay, one second. I got to relearn what my skills are here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, That is one success. Okay. Uh, Remember that you can spend willpower if you wanted to reroll anything. Uh, Yeah, I only had two dice, so there's not much much you spend in willpower there. All right. You, at some point, maybe you nod off as you're kind of sitting nearby 
Uh, maybe you have the good book out. You're reading. You're, maybe you're prepping. I'm not as young as I used to be. Sure. You nod off. And then a little bit before dawn, uh, you wake up to the sound of rust. But when you look over, like his eyes are closed. You can see his, he's not really kind of moving around too much. And you just hear like from his, his mouth, you just hear the itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout down came the rain and washed the spider out out came the sun and dried up all the rain and the itsy bitsy spider went up the spout again. And at that point, once he finishes it, a window in your little office here, it's one of those pull-down shutters, suddenly shoots straight up into the air, this ridiculously loud noise. And then when you look back, you see Quixote is sitting right angle, vertical, up in bed. Mr. Rust, you're awake. Uh, Reverend, uh, there are things are going on, myself? Reverend. There are things going on, Reverend. Yes, I there need... are. But first, how are you feeling? Are, are you well? No, Reverend. My my heart's breaking and my soul's in jeopardy and I need you to help me. I, I will help you, my son. Those who conceal their sins do not prosper, but those who confess, confess and renounce them find mercy. I, Proverbs 28, verse 13. Thank you, Reverend. I... Uh, I earlier today or yesterday I'm not I'm not sure I there was an innocent woman a hunter I killed her she she was just hurting and angry and she shot me and she probably had the right to shoot me from and I shot her back and she died and I can't ever make that right, Reverend. I swore I would never take an innocent life. And and I put her down and I, rust, I can't. Rust, one moment, my son. You said she shot at you. She, Reverend, the whole. She shot she, at you? She shot me first, but her. So how innocent the, was she? She was just angry because I killed a woman that she thought of as her daughter, Rena. She was a gig hunter who was who was working the same case as our cell against a master vampire and this guy named Dr. Drebin. And she did something stupid. She took this drug. We knew it was bad. It was this drug. It caused people to turn feral they fed it. They're feeding it to these old people. And and then they fed a whole busload of homeless people to them. 
They were oh, running around on, on all my fours son. and tearing this hunter, people. This hunter you killed, you said she took this drug as well? She she took it on a lark. I. She, we were driving back with the drugs, and we knew they were dangerous, and we were bringing them back to get analyzed. And she broke it up, and she snorted it. She just she just did these things. She was just it was just so stupid. And then, Rust, and I Rust. prayed. I the, prayed. The scripture, God. I prayed. The scripture I, tells us, no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their was, end will correspond to their deeds. Second Corinthians eleven verse fourteen through fifteen. Reverend, she wasn't. She wasn't bad. She was just selfish but she started how long have you known her rust two two days two two but but maria's maria's mentor the woman i killed she was like her daughter and but she started to change and i knew she was gonna hurt maria and we lost i will not tell you that i will not tell you that you are without blame but there were circumstances and in our in our line of work, there are tough decisions. You defended yourself. You stayed to the cause. I, be- I believe in the cause, Reverend. Mission first, team second, self last. Face the supernatural, defeat the supernatural. Protect the innocents. But I failed so bad, and Maria will never forgive me. And the sister LeBlanc will never forgive me. I don't know that I ever can, and... And she's coming back for me, Reverend. The sister doesn't believe it, but I can feel Granny Rust, Long. There is only one person's forgiveness that you should be seeking. The Lord, I, I, I beg for the Lord's forgiveness with my every breath, Reverend. He saved and you me. You have already received it. These are dark days. These are dark times, and I cannot say that you will feel good about this. You'll look back on this with shame for the rest of your life. But. There is the mission. There is the cause. We must learn to compartmentalize. You're right, Reverend. Thank you. Thank you. Is it is it okay if I stay here for a while? I need to feel... I need to feel his touch. There's so much darkness around me now. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Proverbs 18, verse 10. Russ, you may stay here as long as you need. Thank you, Reverend. She didn't cut up my shirt, did she? It's the only one I own. Russ, there is a mall across the street. When it opens, I will buy you whatever shirt you would would care to have. But, but only with cash, right, Reverend? Of course, only with cash. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. Reverend. I don't have a cell phone either, but... I go through those very fast. I don't know if it's a good idea. No, I I understand. I have a stash of burner phones as well that I keep in my office. I, I activate them as needed. Thank you, Reverend. But whoever Trust, did the I, stitch work is she did a really good job. I yes, remember hearing excellent her voice. staff. I, I do have one question. Yes, Reverend. Uh, you were singing the itsy bitsy spider earlier in your sleep does that mean anything to you and his face just goes dead white he's like Reverend I told you she's coming back for me Granny Longlegs that that demon that 
lived inside of me. I keep seeing her in the mirrors waving back at me. Sister just said I was tired. But that's the darkness that's closing in around me. She's trying to get back in. I'm fighting it with all the gifts that the Lord has provided me, but I need sanctuary and I need help. Reverend, as he's talking, Mm -hmm. you're sitting there, you're listening dutifully, you're staring him in the face. You notice behind him, it's been happening over the course of this whole conversations, but it's, it's, it's sort of now kind of coming into focus. As you notice the wall behind the plaster, there's, there's cracks that you've noticed that are kind of like radiating out. His head is sort of centered, and there's like his shadow from where the light is kind of coming down on his head and casting the shadow onto the wall. And you just see like these different cracks just kind of coming out of the shadow where his head is on the wall. And as he starts, after you ask the question, and he kind of, Russ starts going into how she's back, she's back. You notice something is, a little chip of the wall just falls. It's a little tiny chip. And you see, pushing out from the crack, you see some little, little tiny spider just sort of busts out. It's not uncommon for Arizona. Sort of busts out of the wall and starts crawling up it. That's when you notice that cracks... You start looking at them. You're a smart man. You're a doctor. You start adding them up. There's like eight cracks kind of going off in different directions, radiating out from the shadow of Rust's head. And this long-legged spider just bursts out of one of those cracks and starts crawling up the wall. Rust. Revan. As the scripture says... When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. Luke 11, verse 24. This granny long legs, as you call it. I fear that she will never leave you alone. But you must stay strong, resist, stay on the cause. And then I'll get up and I'll roll like a magazine or something nearby, and I'll just swat that spider on the wall. You do. Down it goes. It's still pretty. Russ just falls to his knees at the Reverend's feet. He's like, Reverend, you've saved me. Thank you, sir. The only one who can save. Then thank the Lord for you being here to help guide me back into the light. We'll get you there, my son. Reverend, roll a awareness wits test. I'm so good at awareness. <laughs> uh, I've got two wits. Uh, I've got I'll take intelligence uh, instead. Two you... successes, though. Okay. Huh? Uh, I would have taken intelligence, too. That's fine. But wits is I usually I do. I have two intelligence as well. Okay. You watch as Russ drops down into his knees. It's almost imperceptible, and maybe you're just tired. You've been up most of the night. Maybe maybe it's just imperceptible. But he could have sworn, just for a moment, that that his shadow that's cast on the wall hesitated. And there was like this too long delay between when Russ drops to his knees and when the shadow that should follow him instantly does in fact finally follow. There's a whole heartbeat in between it. 
the reverend's eyes linger on the place where the shadow was, but he doesn't say anything to Rust. Rust is just weeping. I mean, just a weeping mess, but. Okay. So, I'll make, if you have something else, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Okay. So, I was going to say, we'll cut to Maria. You're back in county, you're back in the city. You've cleaned your van. You're exhausted. It's six o'clock, six thirty in the morning. You going home? You calling anyone? I would. Yeah, I feel like she would go home. Okay. Um, she would text Alvin. Um. And just say. Uh. Let me know what's next. Okay. To go home. We'll say a few hours pass for everyone. It's a late morning because it was a late night. Alvin, you spent some time with your family. You're getting the cold shoulder from your wife, but your daughter is extraordinarily happy to see you. You see her off for school. Maybe you walk with her to school, whatever it might be. You eventually get a text from Maria fairly early. Linda, you go do Linda's stuff at her at her own place. But we'll say a couple hours are going to pass. How much time? You all tell me. How much time is going to pass before you all start to connect to connect again with each other? Who does it? That would probably re- rely on Maria because yeah, Quixote doesn't have a phone, and I never actually grabbed Alvin's number. Okay, so yeah, I would but- just be taking care of Quixote as long as he wants. And Linda would head back to the Reverend first thing in the morning. Okay. What about you, Alvin? Yeah, I'll just show up back at the church. Okay. Okay. We'll say I'll let Maria know that I'm there if she wants to show up at all. So we'll say morning. We'll say maybe like midday, lunchtime-ish type. So, Maria, you get you get some rest when you go home as best you can. You can recover your stamina. And you can you go ahead, and this is one of the situations where you can take your stamina back if you want. So okay. you can take two superficial, I think, because you have two stamina. Great. Eventually, you hear from Alvin. Alvin shoots you an address. Text message fills you in. Linda, you head back. Reverend and Quixote are back where you found them. There's shopping bags from across the street, the mall. Quixote's got some new clothes on. Alvin has just showed up. Maria, you get the text from Alvin. Do you go as well? Or, or what do you do? Maria wants to keep busy. Um, she's exhausted. I think she sort of poured all of her energy out into the, you know, burying the bodies and digging the graves and doing all of that. And so at this point, she's, there's still work to be done. You okay. know, no rest for the weary kind of a thing. Do you go meet Alvin then at the address he sends? Yes. Okay. So we'll say 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the afternoon, something like that, midday. Uh, all of you converge on. Desert Ridge Methodist on the garage office of Reverend Wood. One by one, you all arrive, and we'll say everyone's there. How is this going? How is he, Reverend? Tired, exhausted. He could do with some friendship. Uh, and when Maria gets there, I'd probably try to meet her outside. And Linda would be cleaning Russ's wound. 
Um, but like not very, her bedside manner is not the greatest. So she's got him like laid out on the cot and she'll just reach over for the nearest source of water, which is those bottles of holy water that she's got on her workbench. And she's going to dump some of that on his wound. Nothing and blot it and be like, you want a drink of this too? With a, uh, are you thirsty? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Thanks doctor. I, uh, Thank, thank, thank you, and for the for the I'm stitches. Linda. Yeah, Le- you're welcome. Linda, thank you, Linda. I'm Quixote. Most everybody just calls me Rust, but but whatever is fine. All right. Uh, so how how did you how do you how did this? Oh, um, a, a, another hunter shot me uh, in the stomach because uh, I killed her. Uh, daughter well not real daughter but somebody that was like a daughter to her okay so she shot me then i shot her we should okay i talked to the reverend about it last night he understands pause on that okay okay linda i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you again and you're gonna come up with a different answer how'd you get this gunshot wound uh i was on a trail and a hunter shot me on accident, and then he didn't want to get caught, so he ran off, and I called Alvin. Yeah. He came and picked me up. And and Linda will give you a pat on your shoulder. All right. Good job. Thanks, Doc. I mean, Linda. I like Linda. Very pragmatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Out- That's very smart. Outside, we'll say, Maria, the Reverend. Is Alvin part of this conversation? Or is he'll it- be here. Okay, so th- the three of you are outside. Linda is inside, tending to rust, checking his bandages, etc. Three of you are outside. Maria, is it? Uh, yeah, and she doesn't look like she's showered. Like, she's pretty dirty, looks exhausted. And so, and just because of, you know, she's a plumber. And so she, whenever anybody kind of looks like they're about to shake a hand, she always just instinctively just like wipes her hands on her trousers. And so she just kind of wipes them. And uh, yeah, Maria. I'm the Reverend Dr. Solomon Wood. Your compatriot, Rust, is inside. And he told me some troubling stories last night. It, if you would, I, I would much appreciate hearing your truth of the matter. Well, we've been we've been on a job uh, for a bit. There's a there's some stuff going on with a with a drug. There's stuff going on with a elder care center, memory care center. Stuff going on out west, and. We had a one of our uh, one of our crew died at the memory care center. She was kind of her mind was taken over by something so over sorry. there, and my uh, mentor. You know how these things go with mentors in this work we do. She uh, connected us to her. daughter daughter, niece um, 
and young one just, you know, thought she was invincible, thought she knew better than everybody. Got our hands on this drug and she uh, couldn't wait for us to find a way to test it and she thought the best way to test it would just be uh, snorting it. As the scriptures say, the youthful vigor that fills your bones will leave you lying in the dust. Job 20, verse 11. That couldn't be more true, actually. Because uh, when it she took it... was all prophesied long ago. Well, I would like to think that some things are a bit more in our control. But uh, that one in there decided that when she started turning that the uh, best course of action was to stab her in the head and he is stronger than he looks he killed her but she didn't like it's like she was trying to come back she was dead but then it's like she was regenerating or something and I uh from there on it's my fault I uh no thought I no. should call her and tell her but I I should have known better than have the two of them together and shots were fired and Here's where we are. You you cannot blame yourself for this. You Oh, I can. You and sought, I do. You sought to honor a fallen soldier. You sought to honor your mentor. There, there was no easy decision to be made. That one in there's uh he knows things. He senses things. But the thinking through of things, he's not He's not there yet. And that's a danger to all of us. I understand your concerns. What are your plans towards rest he puts us in danger he also senses danger that none of the rest of us can he needs as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, verse 17. You better get sharp right quick. Lost. Three people in the last week. That is... There are no words 
for that loss. It will be felt by, by many across the city. But when we unite, when we unify, we make each other better. Rust needs you to make him better. I don't know that I'm the one that should be doing the most uh, talking to him right now. That's fair. I'm not, I would never ask you. I cannot ask you to forgive him. But there, there are just causes that we fight for. I would merely wish you to consider whether or not you will fight for that cause with rust or with by yourself or will you give up the cause and again i'm not trying to pressure into a decision now but not these are things that i must any think of about that right now he knows we're on a job when you're on a job you finish the job that's as simple as it is for me right now so if you see rust we don't have to worry about violence or anything like that. I told him yesterday. The lesson I need him to learn is that you don't kill first. And I apply that to myself. I will do everything in my power to help him learn this lesson as well. Now, you, you seem exhausted and tired we we have showers here on site uh we have cots and beds if you wish could we could i help you if i cared about showering i would have done it in the comfort of my own home here Fair enough. What we're gonna do and i give her a little smile come on in let us get acquainted uh, Rust is inside with Linda. She is a groundskeeper here, but she she has many, many talents. Alvin? Is everyone safe at home? They're fine, thanks. And my condolences to Katya. But let's go see inside. how Rust is doing. Guess go inside. Linda and Rust are there. All five of you are together. It's tense. Certainly tense in here, especially as Maria and Rust kind of see each other to some degree. Reverend, you still see that kind of cascading bit of cracks in the wall, but no more spiders seem to be moving at the moment. Where do we go from here, guys? (laughs) I'm going to turn it over to you and you tell me. I wish we could have met under better circumstances. I know that there is a dark cloud looming over us, but I take comfort knowing that this this situation we're in was prophesied long ago. These are those whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. Zechariah 1 verse 10. The Lord will not give us more than we can manage. We will find a way to unify we can continue to fight the cause. Yeah, that's great and all, Reverend. But I've been thinking the past couple of days, ever since that Dr. Drebin came back, he's got pictures of our families. 
He's, got, he's watching all of us. And I can't let anything happen, though. So these werewolves he's talking about, I plan on taking them down. And you wish for Drevin to continue on his merry way? No, but it's the best I can do now. It's the best I can do for my family. Of course, your family is always welcome to take shelter here on the church as well. I, I hope you know that. And Maria, I, I hope you know that you're always welcome here as well. Sure, sure. Uh, ma'am, I don't think we've been introduced. Linda, pleasure's all mine. And she'll reach out like a hand, a very wrinkly hand to shake your hand. Uh, Maria, let's uh, make your acquaintance. Rust is looking pretty sheepdogish, but... He finally looks up. He's like, Alvin, I I know I probably don't have the right to speak here. I've got no one. And I understand what you're saying. But if we let monsters tell us who we can hunt, doesn't that just make us the lackeys of the monsters we're trying to put down? No better than their ghouls or their Renfields. I see what you're saying, Rust. And you're not alone. You've got this cell. Rust makes a valid point. Beware of false prophets who come to you in the sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Matthew 7, verse 15. I mean, we know he made that eye thief. And I know he's making those old people into those monsters. He had as much admitted it when he was at Elaine's wake. And this he's not going to stop. Dust, it's called, right, Linda? It's, yeah, it's, it's supernatural, dust. Reverend. You can feel it when you're in it its will, presence. It will corrupt our community. Because I, I will not say that werewolves should live. And I will help you in any way I can, but... There's something pervasive about this drug as it's working its way through Phoenix. One of the first things we learned had something to do with a, a, a nightclub that this drug was popping up at. And we've just had so many things going on with, with Whitehall and with Sunset Trails that we haven't had a chance to go check out fervor but that was something that we were looking into uh the drug seems to be connected to that club i've been told it's just about the kind of establishment that this kind of thing would go fairly unnoticed maybe if we wanted to keep our heads down for a couple of days we could check out that angle and make sure that that's the same drug that they're feeding to those old folks in that walled off compound. Maybe at least if we can connect the dots, we might be able to find out where the actual supplier manufacturer is of the drugs and trace it back to its origin. 
that's more low key than than actually attacking the vampire. Dana I don't know. Would have told you that uh, what she learned from Yvette was that there is a Doctor Drebin who has manufactured that drug, and um, that's where they're getting that from. So we know Drebin's involved in the manufacturing. Now we just got to piece it all together, make sure it's the same drug, and figure out why he's doing it. Oh, now, what is up with this Sunset Trails nonsense? What were y'all doing up there? That compound is, it's an old folks home, supposedly, a trailer park got really high walls but what it really is is a testing ground for this drug dr drebin and his medics take the drugs in and feed them to everybody who lives there lock room security lock room control security is controlling it i think actually those walls are also meant to keep them in when they have to feed they brought a truck a, a busload of homeless people in while we were re- reconning it a few nights ago they let them off the bus and those old people dropped down to all four some of them and they went howling and screaming into the night faster and stronger than any human i've ever seen and they tore those homeless people apart and ate them alive that's what i think reno was turning into out we fought them in the atrium of the uh Control room. They were stronger. I, I plunged a knife. I, I, well, I shot one and didn't even phase him at first. They're, they're not human anymore after they start taking the drug. And then Alvin, didn't you tell us that at your school, one of your one of the your students was taking that drug and it took a half a dozen of your guys to hold him down after he nearly killed one of your other students? Yeah, you're right. I haven't checked up on him. You guys hear a knock at the door and it's and like it's one of those like quick knocks like just for courtesy sake but then the door cracks open and we see a woman kind of poke her head in you can see she's got a little kind of bag at this point and we're not a bag i should say but she's got what looks like this baja shirt on a hanger like it's been washed uh what does she look like steven uh, Reverend Wood would just start beaming as soon as he sees her. He kind of lights up a little bit. Uh, she's also a mid-50s woman. Uh, a little bit plumper. Uh, she obviously works a desk, uh, but she has a very kind smile. Uh, long hair that's become graying. She got uh, big butt. <laughs> i've been sitting and, uh, down all day but rest gotcha. very conservatively okay she steps in i'm very sorry to interrupt hello darling i just the uh um, your mr rust your 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 shirt is done i just wanted to get you know, freshly cleaned um oh, thank you so much dear you were just what? an as angel as soon as miss wood steps so in you see linda immediately is like puts out her cigarette miss wood pleasure she, she, um, hello, Linda. Little, little sniff of the nose. It's good to see you as always, but you can tell she knows she caught you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. She doesn't say anything. She's, she's doing it night. to be polite. Yeah. Cause she knows she doesn't mm-hmm. like it. 
she looks around at these at the new faces at Alvin at Maria. Um, I I'm sorry to interrupt. Hello, uh, I'm Sarah. Oh, of course, I'm I'm the worst at introductions. She's terrible. Uh, apologies. So I, I really am. I really am. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Rust, who I believe you know from uh, our Good Samaritan Refuge. And then this here is I, I, Alvin I Teo, you said? Oh, yeah. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Maria, I, I don't believe I caught your last name. I'm sorry. Um. Uh, she looks over at Maria, who, by the way, hasn't taken a shower, uh, took a nap when she got home. You had some blood on you. You've got some dirt on you. You, you don't look particularly great. And so she turns to you. And you can tell that Sarah tries to, like, she maintains that aura of, like, you know, niceness and decency. But there's a there's a momentary blip, like you can tell, as she, oh, hello, um, I'm, I'm Sarah, Sarah Wood. Uh, this is uh, um, our little, our little place. Um, She's the only reason this place keeps running. Oh, stop it. You know, I swear I'd be lost without her. Well, that part's true. It's true. Uh, can I get any of you anything? Something to, to drink? Something to, to eat? Anything at all? Uh, uh, Mrs. Wood, I'm, thank you so much for my shirt. Um, do you have any milk? I'm sure I can find some. Not a problem, of course. Um, I'm perfectly fine, dear. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And she kind of comes over and she just sort of, like, you see she just sort of wipes something off your like off the shoulder of your of your shirt and you look kind of down and you realize there's there's some crumbled plaster from when you swat the wall that's kind of still lingering there i thought maybe it was rest of you might have just considered it dandruff maybe but as you look down and you see her swatted away you can tell reverend that it's the it's the little bits from the from the wall oh uh, thank you sarah uh, I'll, I'll be over to the office soon for a change of clothes oh of course uh i'm sorry to interrupt Go about your business, uh, and I'll be back with you. You're your never milk. interrupting. Oh, stop it. Stop it. And you can see she just, you know, she just, wait. I'll be back with your milk. Bye-bye. And she steps on out. Well, you know, there's been much talk about dust. Alvin, you said that you wish to go after the werewolves. Is there... Any chance we have swayed you a different direction? Yes, this drug. I was also, uh, also interested in it. If we can track it and trace it somehow, that would lead to Trevin. But it is dwelling in his interests. It, it, it always comes back to Drevin. We have to take him out or my family will always be in danger. That's right. He's the spider or one of the spiders in the middle of the web. Me too. Be smart. The spider web is a decent analogy. Takes care. And there is the question that if Drebin wishes you to take out the, the werewolves, what does he gain from that? Sounds like we got some surveillance to do. We need to figure out what's happening with the drugs at that, what is it, a club? 
fervor? Uh, I don't know if I would fit in with the demographic exactly. But it sounds like we got to do some research on those locker room folk Cody was telling us about. And we should probably look maybe into those werewolves. What do they, what does Drebin benefit from those being removed? Is it drug competition? What is it? Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Ephesians 5 verse 11. Exactly. We do our research and then we figure out the best way to deal with it. Amen, Father. Reverend, amen. I, By the way, I'm not actually old enough to get into a club and I don't have legal identification anyway, so I might need some help with that. Well, if it, if you're not old enough to go in the club, then perhaps you should not. Yeah. Even if that, it's that's a good wound. point. That's a good point, Reverend. You're healing from a gunshot wound. Which, where did you get that wound from? Um, I, I got it from a hunter who accidentally shot me near a trailhead and that's then ran away because he didn't want to go to the police. Good job. We got to keep rust. working on that till it's a little bit more. Natural. That's what that's what Miss Linda told Linda, me. Linda, Rust, we, we need to be careful with what we encourage. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Proverbs 12, verse 19. All right. So Kat just shot me in the stomach. No, no, no. Perhaps, Rust, it's better that we just don't tell the story. Yes, Reverend. We're practicing in case he's detained by the law. Oh, that'll just put me back in the mental institute. I'm escaped mental patient, criminal mental patient. This is getting... Better and better. Well, I wasn't really crazy. I was possessed by a demon for 10 years. You know, Linda, I actually like what you're doing. Um, I think, Russ, one of the things we need to work on is thinking about what you're going to say, thinking about what you're going to do. Reverend, I know, you know, truth will set you free and all that, but having a plan for what to say and who to say it to is quite wise. Uh, thanks. I'm backtracking. Reverend, did he tell you that he was possessed by a demon? We had a discussion, yes. Is he clean? Let me worry about that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Sister LeBlanc pulled it out of me, and, and I, apparently my own gifts helped push it out, but she's always waiting to come back. Isn't that right, Reverend? Rasta. Do not be anxious about anything. Philippians 4, verse 6. Amen, Reverend. I, uh, I'll work <laughs> it, Maria. I'll I, work on it. I'll think more. Linda turns to I gotta us. say... If my little pack back here, building back here gets haunted. And and because she's trying to say this so that Russ doesn't hear, but she like looks at you like Reverend. <laughs> this is my- holy ground, Linda. Okay. 
I don't want any of that nonsense. I've seen a ghost show once about that. Nah, I had nightmares. Uh, Speaking of uh, anxious, Reverend, I had a very long night. We've done some talking about what we're going to do. I had not dragged my ass out of bed this morning to come around here and just talk some more. That's fair. That's fair. What do you suggest? I wouldn't call this just talking. We've never met y'all before. It's an exchanging of information, which I feel is necessary if you're looking for others to help take up your cause. That, not to be mean, but you have been failing thus far. Should have never split up. That was my fault. We should have just tackled one part of it at a time, but... Maybe if, if those of you who can go to the club, go to the club and the rest of us stay in the van and, and listen in. And then if you need us, we we can be there to help. Uh, so, Russ, you're not old enough to go into the club. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly when I turned 21, but the sister told me I'm only only 20 and I don't I don't actually have a social security number or uh hmm? how many years have you been 20 just 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 the last few months i think she told me i was 18 or almost 18 when she busted me out of the out of the insane asylum uh and that was two years ago i've been on the streets for two years as much as i value your fervor and your dedication perhaps considering the circumstances of the past few days any sort of investigation you should sit out. I think perhaps you're you right, stay Reverend. here. I, you rest. I could do that. I could do that, Reverend. Russ, didn't you uh, manage the drone? Yeah, I did. I did. I and, and I drove for the first time your van. Remember, and I didn't wreck it. And I did. I drove through your drone too. Yeah, you can probably do that again. Okay, I could do that. I, I could sit in the van and drive the drone and while you while you go in. And I won't come in unless you ask me to. All right. One of these days we'll look into getting you a proper uh, identification. Not today. Can I be 21 when we get it? That would be most useful. Okay. So some of you are going clubbing. Uh, who are the people who are going clubbing? I'll ask Sarah for permission, but I'll go. She comes out and she says, you know, she comes back in eventually at some point, brings back Rust a big old glass of milk. Thank you, Miss Woods. It's perfectly cold, the condensation on the side. And, uh, and she says, you don't need to ask my permission. If you want to go clubbing, you have fun. I trust you. Sarah, now, you know, my thoughts on drinking. Well, I didn't, I, I will not. I will not partake. It is an investigative mission, purely. There are people there you can reach. And when you want to help those that are in the darkness, you have to sometimes go into the darkness to pull them out. 
That's why Jesus was accused of being friends with prostitutes and drunkards because those were where he was needed most. Yeah. Oh, some of my best friends are prostitutes and drunkards. That's very. I mean, they've got boxes right down the strip, right down from where I usually have my box. They've got boxes. Oh, well, some of them, not the not the ones that make a lot of money, but some of them. I'll buy the university. That's where I, you know, that's where I normally bivouac. Bria's going to go over to Rust, and she's just going to kind of elbow him. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Maria. Thank, thank you for the milk, Mrs. Woods. You, you're welcome. I'll leave you to it. And um, of course you can go. You don't need my permission anyway. So she comes over and you see she does it again. She kind of comes up to your shoulder. You look down and you realize there's like a, a couple chunks of that. It's like it's almost like this moment of deja vu where it happens again. And she just sort of swipes it off. It's like, you're just so messy today. Oh. I'm sorry. I'll... I'll- I'll go with you now and change my shirt. Okay. So you two leave. Rest of you stay. What's the plan? Let's walk through the plan here. What's what, who's, who's going into this club? And mind you, Linda looks like she's in her seventies. Okay. So, I look like I'm in my fifties. Alvin looks like he's in his thirties. Maria <laughs> looks like he's in, she's in her forties. <laughs> Russ got shot. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he should stay up. Who's going Rust is to stay in the van? Rust is going to stay in the okay. van and draw and potentially pilot the drone. Okay, so are all of you driving there? I'm assuming this is going to happen later. Obviously, when the club is open, right? Yeah. Okay, Alvin, are you going in? Yeah, I'm. I'll be going in. Okay, Alvin's going in. I'll be driving separately uh, than Rust, I think, <laughs> or or at least I'll be in the back seat. Okay. Not the I, can't, I can't drive, Reverend. I don't have a driver's license, but I, I can. I can. I mean, I can drive. I did it once. For like two miles, and I didn't hit anything. So Alvin's going in. Uh, Russ is staying in the van uh, that is freshly cleaned, uh, but there's lingering specks here and there, perhaps. Uh, Reverend, are you really driving separately? Yeah, okay. uh, I'll take my Lexus. Okay, of course you, of course you do. Uh, then Maria and Linda, what are you two doing? Uh, Linda will suggest to Maria. I think we should probably head there a little bit before it opens and do some uh, scouting out. Uh, that's fine. Uh, Maria will plan to go in. She will actually then take uh, Mrs. Woods up on the offer okay. to clean up a little bit. So she'll plan on going in and get getting there a little bit early, setting the drone uh, okay. rotation. All right, so we'll we'll fast forward then through. We'll presume everyone cleans up, everyone gets food, everyone contacts the people they need to contact about this, and we'll move forward. And we'll say that it's uh, early in the night. Uh, the club for fur is not yet open. Uh, it is will open soon. Uh, you can see the sun is going down, uh, but you are downtown Phoenix. Um, you are. Not too very far from Central City, actually. So this is sort of in a more industrial district. Uh, And everyone's there, split up into however many cars. Uh, Maria, you said you want to get your drone out and going. Go ahead and give us your drone control, your jockey uh, jockey roll. Um, 
And then where else, what else is everyone doing? How are they positioning? What's the plan? I will be coming in after it opens up. Okay. So Alvin, you'll just kind of eventually, as you start to see a line begin to form outside, you will, uh, you'll see a handful of others. You are admittedly a little bit older uh, than some of the folks here, but not to the point where you stand out too terribly. Uh, so it's not too, too, you got maybe a, a couple people look here and there, but uh, for the most part, you're fine. Uh, but you can, you know, you see, uh, you see a handful of other folks, mostly groups of people here and there. Uh, you don't really see anyone else kind of lingering by themselves. And so you start to wonder maybe if it's just the sheer fact that you're here solo as opposed to like in groups with people that is maybe catching the attention, not so much the, the age. So Maria, how'd you do on your role? Four successes. Okay. That's, that's all you need. That's the difficulty. Uh, so you get your drone up and running. Are you handing control over to, to Kyote? going in with Alvin yeah or okay so Kyote you've done this before uh you take the control you take the tablet controls over from Maria and Kyote gives everybody uh pulls out the, the the burner phone that the reverend gave him and gives everybody his new burner phone number in case they need to call him from inside okay so you go ahead and so, Linda, you said you want to do some basic scouting. So, 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 walk me through since this this sort of pregame scouting. What is it you're looking to do? Um, she's basically going to kind of rough herself up a little bit and look more like maybe, uh, like she's a little bit down on her luck, and she's just going to kind of watch the comings and going of who is coming in and out of this building. Maybe walk around and find any entrances and exits. Uh, fire escapes etc okay uh go ahead and we'll say roll let's do like a, a wits awareness we could say um i'll take intelligence too if that's if, that's, if you prefer okay uh, or if there's something else you're looking to roll just call it out no, that's what i was thinking okay a six a six a four and a four Sorry, I'm getting my club music up. I have a whole I heard it. Of club I like music. it. <laughs> I have so I have like six different things I can play. <laughs> you know. Okay. So Linda, you're you're wandering around a bit. You can hear this muted sounds of music coming from it's still not open yet, but you can hear they're kind of maybe doing sound checks, getting kind of making sure the the A V system is working. Uh, and you're and you're kind of moving around. You can see Alvin split off, and eventually Maria joins him. The two of them are kind of waiting in the line to, for the doors to open. Reverend and and Kyote, I assume, are staying back. Linda, you're wandering around. Uh, how many successes do you have in total? I got two sixes and two fours. Okay, so total of two successes then. Two six, okay. two sixes. Yeah, you need a six. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So aren't sixes crits though? No. Tens or tens crits. Tens or crits. Tens. Got it. Got it. Did you roll D10s? It's, I just spent no, a couple weeks. No, I rolled D6s. <laughs> okay. yeah. That's what I wanted. I, I realized that maybe, maybe you're playing Hello? the wrong game right now. I am definitely playing the wrong game right now. Did you roll now. anything else tonight? Did you? <laughs> no wonder her dice have been really. so awful the past few sessions. Yeah, really. Oh, goodness. This is the one time, okay? Where are all my D10s? I'm just rolling on here. That's yeah, fine. You can use the digital if you need to for now. 
Legends. I realize you all need tokens on here to see. Okay, so it matches out. Just one success. Okay. Uh, we- and you can also spend uh, willpower if you want to re-roll any of those dice. Yeah, I'll do a willpower. Okay. You get the one for one, right? It's one, one for three. It's one for three. It's one yeah. to re-roll three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I get a willpower back. You're thinking Still of... Still bad. Uh, you're thinking of... You're actually thinking of Aurora Blues as you one-to-one versus <laughs> using exertion. Ashley and I both were. Yep. Okay, so... Uh, one more success. Okay. Yeah. So what's the total? Th- uh, two successes still. Okay. Two successes, eh, it's okay. Uh, it's not... You're wandering around. You see the line. It's forming. You see a group of folks here and there. You... You notice, however, as you're... The one, the one thing that kind of catches your attention, we'll say, with only two successes, you're not going to get a ton. But there's one thing that does stand out. As you're there, there certainly is a front entrance. There's certainly a backfire entrance. It looks to be locked, and it also appears to actually have somebody guarding it. There's cameras everywhere, uh, so you can see that's easily easily done. It's a very kind of crappy neighborhood, very industrial. Uh, you can see that there are what you would imagine are, are abandoned or, or empty factory sites here and there, or just full on empty, uh, empty lots uh, or buildings have been torn down such there's, there's an ambiance to it that you would imagine is probably intentional. And you would n- you, you notice that where people, some people are parked, some people kind of, you know, sort of walked here from further downtown. Um, but there's, there's no actual parking. So everyone's just sort of finding these random lots to park in and kind of just, matriculate down the blocks you notice that there is one vehicle however uh, parked behind the club and it's down this kind of alleyway between the building for club fervor and some unlabeled uh, which you would like out of business commercial uh kind of commercial um store at some point it was an outlet store some kinds no longer no longer in business. And you know, as you come up, you, you, you do a double take really quick because you think it might be a cop car. And that's when you see the side. There's, it looks very much like a cop car, but you realize it's, a, it's actually a private security vehicle. And, it's, uh, and it has, and you've heard the name, locker room control on the side. There's no one in it, uh, but you do see there's somebody standing kind of at the back door. They're not in uniform. There's no, they're not like in any kind of security uniform. They're just dressed kind of all in black. You'd imagine it's probably club staffer or something like this. Um, and no one else is down the alleyway. That's the only person here. You don't see any kind of, uh, any sort of um, fire escape you said you were looking for. You don't see anything like that. This this doesn't look like a club that is multi-storied. It might have like, you know, it definitely has like, like uh, raised you know, kind of raised ceilings here and there. There's probably lofts and balconies on the inside, but you don't actually see like a proper multi-tiered like level, like levels, stories like that. You do see that there are certainly like open windows on these slants at the very top has a very like, kind of brutalist look to it, the building. And you can see that there's some skylights and stuff that go out and you can kind of tell by the flashing strobe lights that are kind of pulsing up through it. But that's all you really get as you move around. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, Reverend, I know that, I know Kyote, Kyote, you're messing around with the, the drone. We'll come back to that in a sec. Reverend, what are you up to? 
Uh, I think it, it's early enough that like the, the club hasn't opened yet, we said. Yeah, it's getting ready to. You can tell it's about to. Linda's already gone out of the car. She's moving around doing some scouting. Maria and Alvin. Is there a line, line forming yet? Yes. And you and Maria and Alvin have already gone out of the car and they're kind of standing in line. They're probably midway through the line. I think I would join them in line. Uh, I, I'd, I'd get out uh, of my car and I would grab my cane okay. uh, and I would use it to kind of like hobble along. Like I, I look at like I have a limp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably still have my clerical collar on, but I'm wearing a black jacket and I, I have it zipped up. So it kind of covers it a little bit more. Okay. Uh, and I would just kind of uh, shuffle into line with them. Okay. There are several people as you come up. Uh, and you, you're, you're, like you said, your collar is kind of peeking out, and people are right on top of each other in the line. Actually, I'm sorry. Could I get in line away from them? Like act like separate I don't from them? them? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's no problem. So after Maria hops out, maybe joins Alvin. You wait a little bit. Maybe you're 10, 15, you know, sp- spots back. A couple different groups between you and them. Get in there. Everyone here is younger than you by half. You know, we're talking people in their 20s, maybe 30s, but most people seem to be in their 20s, very young. Uh, there is an odor uh, in the line, uh, as you can you can tell. Uh, it would probably make Sarah blush. Uh, and you can see more than more than a few of them are drinking from various flasks and things, pre-gaming, so to speak. Uh, there is there is an attire, uh, which strangely enough, you. It's almost fit, very dark attire, uh, but you can I'm see... I'm young, I'm hip. Amongst that dark attire that many of them are wearing, there are moments of like splash of color, uh, very bright color here and there, which you are lacking. You get a lot of strange looks as you get into the line, actually. Uh, but then you get other people who are kind of looking up and down. You, they look at your cane, they look at your collar, they, they, they kind of shake their head, and no one really bothers you too much, but they, you can definitely tell people are, are gossiping about you. I give them a half smile and a nod, and that's it. I, I don't okay. talk to anyone. Fair enough. Uh, Rust, you are controlling the drone. Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, Maria, you've already you, – you rolled to get the drone up and going, right? Uh, I rolled the – There's the control roll and like there's the, the repair roll. I don't think you needed to repair it, so. No, I didn't need to repair it. I have a um, – Oh, the automated, the automated. Yeah, the okay. autonomous. Yeah. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. I'm just basically You're just watching looking at the, the tablet. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Russ, why don't you go ahead and uh, just roll an awareness test. Wits. It's probably good. Right. Awareness, wits. That's five dice for me. <clears throat> Couldn't think of the word autonomous fast enough. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, a 10 and a six, two and two fours. So two successes. Two successes. Uh, so... I'll give you something a little different. As your drone is flying overhead, it can go over top of the building, which allows you to kind of see into the club. Uh, and you can see down through the skylights. There's a large dance floor. It's very colorful. It's it, There's definitely these different strobe lights that are kind of pulsing through. You can definitely tell that the AV crew is kind of setting up. They're getting it ready. They're warming everything up. You don't really see a whole lot of people, but you see some you know staff kind of moving about. You can definitely tell that there is a central dance floor, but there is this sort of secondary level and what looks like this, like a, like a private office behind kind of glass windows on that second floor. And there's like these roped off, uh, roped off seats and, and kind of uh, leather couches. Um, you can tell that there's security that is starting to post up here and there. 
And as the drone is is moving about, you can start to see almost like, you know, kind of ants piling in. The doors must have opened and you can see people starting to come in uh, as uh, as the club is now opened. Alvin, Maria, Reverend, you are in the line. The line's beginning to move forward. But that's Did I get a count on the secure a number of security guards two and basic placement? Two, two successes. I would say you saw that there are at least two guards on the second level. Uh, you can see that for sure, and that's probably all you would have would have been able to catch uh, with only two. So Kyoto would have called the Reverend and just given him an update on what he saw from the drone as far as the layout of the interior of the club. Normally he would have called Maria, but but he does he's pretty sure Maria doesn't want to talk to him at the moment. So he's like, Reverend, we make sure to pass that information on to Maria and Alvin. Yeah. When you Keep see up the him good the work, club. son. Right. We appreciate you staying back. Yes, Reverend. If I see anything else, I'll let you know. Uh, also, one more thing, Rust. I don't know if we were able to discuss this. With your injuries, uh, we should make sure that you stay safe tonight. So perhaps you don't get out of the van without contacting me or Maria first. I, I won't leave the van unless you or Maria ask me to or tell me to. You're a good man. Thank you. Okay. So Alvin, Maria. Oh, in line. Yeah, go ahead, Alvin. Yeah. Maybe it's like chat up with the people also in line with us be like so what about this place you've been here before first time okay why don't you just give me like a sort of a you know charisma manipulation or something like that um give me just persuasion you know whatever kind of social approach you're taking and that'll kind of determine how much they're willing to chat with you can uh and alvin you can say no um but can i assist with my uh non-stop bs yeah, it's fine. Take an extra, take an extra die there, Alvin. Unless Alvin wants his own conversations with that. No me. social thing, except for like streetwise. I don't even know if that's social. Uh, streetwise, I'm treating it more, more like a sort of a knowledge skill, but like more like a social knowledge skill, like meaning how the various like underground and stuff functions and interacts with them and stuff. I don't know if that would apply here. All I got is charisma, though. I'm okay, still- roll charisma and take an extra die from Maria. Right. The more, the better you do, the more you might get. We have uh, audience leftover if you would like. They're all about one success. Got one success? Okay. So you get into like a really basic conversation with them and they're like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's a great place, Boomer. And they kind of looks up at you. And he's like, yeah. When's your, uh, when's your kids getting here to, to come in, huh? Oh, they're not old enough to get in this. Ah, okay. Okay. No, no, no. This is like this is like all the rage, man. It's been open for a couple months and yeah, they have this killer DJ. Like comes in. Where's this giant strange like like bird helmet, man? No one really knows who's underneath it. It's like glowing and glittering and shit and everything. You know? And then yeah, the experience is great. But then there's additives, you know, that just makes the experience even better. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll keep my eye out. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, it's just not, not used to seeing folks your age here. Just reliving past glories or something? Yeah, it's been a while, you know. Recently divorced? 
Oh, I'm still married, actually, but... Oh, your wife lets you out here? So she lets me do a lot of things. All right, all right, cool, man. Cool, man. Oh, wait, hey, sorry. And he kind of goes up, bouncer kind of checks his ID. He's like, yeah, I'll see you in, man, I'll see you in. Yeah, woo, you know, whatever, and he goes inside. <laughs> yeah, one success, you're not getting a ton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maria, Alvin, you get... Some strange and curious glances as they check your ID. Like they almost don't want to check your ID, but then they kind of do. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah, you, 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 yeah. We're 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 good, right? And like the bouncer might even even say like, and make sure you hydrate and stuff. These kids can go pretty hard. Uh, I will say this, Alvin and Maria. As you're going through, uh, go ahead and both of you can roll. Hmm. What do I want to call this? I'll say it'll be wits for sure. And I'll say you can either do, let's do insight actually. I have none of that. Wits <laughs> and insight? Perfect. Right. Perfect person to go on this interior social mission. <laughs> <laughs> to success just I'm, I'm further back in line. I'm trying. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take an audience and see if I can do really well with this. Okay. <laughs> That's so true, Australis. Across the street, there's a private investigator taking pictures of Alvin the whole time. She's going to get custody of Seely, man. There's no way you're getting custody. Four successes. Okay. Uh, so Alvin, I mean, you notice him. He's a the guy looks, as you're going in, like you're, you're training. You can tell this guy's a big guy. Maybe a good 6'4", six, 6'5", six, African-American man bald head see a little tiny bit of sort of beard just on the chin but doesn't go all the way up to the to the temples um and he doesn't you know he doesn't seem rude doesn't seem you know he's not he's not giving anyone a hard time or something the very business like no one is screwing with him and a few times as you're in the line like he just threw some people out it's like it's like get better fake ids and he just kind of like rips them up in front of them and throws them down to the ground but you can tell this guy would be if you had a if you had a go with him this would be rough like you can see that this guy moves with a way that suggests he's not just a bouncer but he's got training you know he's got a way that he keeps himself he's constantly kind of his eyes are popping up here and there and he's checking this and that this is this is more than just your average bouncer and you kind of got let in here and there maria i'll say as you're kind of going through and it's very it's it's dark up front, but he's occasionally kind of flashing this little thing, and you kind of get this you know he's got this little light as he checks the checks IDs, and he does this little stamp, and they wrap uh they wrap the little like ribbon around your wrist and such here and there. You see that as he goes to, at one point, kind of reaches hand up to kind of hold your ID up. He moves in such a way that you can see, kind of out of his back pocket, like where it stretches you can see this ID badge is kind of tucked back there. It's not one for the club, but you immediately recognize the top part of it and it says lock room on it. Hmm. But then he gives you back your ID. He's like, have fun in there. And doesn't seem to recognize you or Alvin specifically that, that he can give off at least, but you do kind of get the sense that this is, this guy has, has that, has that badge go inside. Okay. Reverend, you come up in the line. Yeah, I, I, I shuffle up with my cane and I'm like, oh, you 
you probably need to see my ID, don't you? And I grab my ID, uh, and with it, I've got two hundred dollar bills. So he's about to say, "No, no, that's that's all right, uh, father." And he kind of looks at you as you hand over the cash, and he looks very, very confused. Uh like he's very conflicted at this moment. I'll tell you what. I, I would have tried to hide the clerical collar under my coat. Do you? If that helped. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, my coat would be zipped all the roll way. Roll a subterfuge. Roll a subterfuge. See if you can hide it up there. I, I couldn't get a persuasion just to let me in. Uh, no, yeah, I'll do persuasion. That's fine. All right, charisma persuasion? Sure, that sounds great. Do you have any subterfuge out of curiosity? Is that why you're talking me out of it? Uh, yeah, I don't have any subterfuge. Okay. Uh, however, <laughs> I've gonna, got... He's going to notice. that I've got two successes and four criticals. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, he notices the caller. He is a, he is a professional security, uh, security agent. He sees the caller. He sees the money. He calls you father. You see he seems very conflicted. You hold the money up. You see him just sort of like exhale. I can't take your money, father. Uh, if you want to go in, that's fine. But uh, please do not start trying to convert folk here. These are just kids trying to have a good time. Okay, I don't want... I promise I'm not here to proselytize. Uh, what money are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't bring much with me. I've only got my cart. I don't want to have to throw a man of the cloth out. That would be a first, and I... I don't want to do that. And I really don't want to explain this to Miss Damata, okay? She is, um... Well, she is a... Kind of looks around. She's a ball buster. So if you could just do me a solid. Just go in there. Listen to some music. Whatever it is that you're doing here, that's fine. Just let these kids do their thing and don't interfere. I understand. I am not here to proselytize. You will have no problems with me. Okay. Well, enjoy yourself, Father. You can, you can tell the whole time this is the most confused-looking bouncer you've ever seen in your life. As you get led, inside. I just shuffle in if he lets me in. He I, does. I no, he'll let you out. in. He'll let you in. He's not. Not. He's not. The only people who's turning away are people who who have like bad ideas and too young. So you pop inside. Three of you are inside. Uh, Alvin, Marie, you're in a little first. Immediately, you can tell that there's... It's basically just kind of... You don't see that kind of DJ that they're talking about. All you just see is just sort of some kind of house DJ up there that's kind of doing... Kind of getting everything started for now. People are kind of milling around a bar. You can see off to your right as you come in, there's this kind of colorful bar that is just this beacon of light. There's just utter darkness underneath this balcony. And then wrapping around the entire sort of middle and upper portions of this, basically a giant warehouse, you can see that there's this ornate balcony. A few people are going up there, but they're all dressed to the nines. And you didn't see any of those people kind of standing in line. So either they were here first or something like that. But you can kind of see that they're they're sort of moving up into these special spots here and there. A bunch of folks are finding these little high top tables here and there, getting their drinks etc others are going into already kind of starting there's not a ton of people in the middle of the dance floor yet it is fairly early and it, there's there doesn't seem to be anything fancy on but that's what you all see right now as you as you come inside it's kind of loud <laughs> i wouldn't actually go up to alvin or maria because i'd want to like keep our 
cover separate. Okay. But I'm definitely saying that to myself as I'm shuffling through. Okay. All right. Uh, Maria would go over um, to the bar to uh, order a drink. Sure. You go, you, you kind of shout your order a few times, a few times, you know, you have to say it like everyone, it's just, it's sort of chaos up here. Eventually a bartender comes over. You can see young guy, but not as young as the people he's serving. He's definitely got a couple years. You can even tell, like, even with the, the weird way in which some of the neon lights are kind of cascading off the mirrors and stuff in here. You can see even he's kind of got some frostedness kind of happening. You're not sure if it's natural or if it's something he did intentionally. But he he does a quick double take on you, but doesn't really, like, linger as he sees your age. You very much stand out compared to the other people. Uh, so you order a drink comes back kind of, you know drops it down and like there's a scanner you can kind of do your card scanner most people are doing that they're just sort of tapping cards tapping cards tapping cards cash you do cash which stands out as well <laughs> and so he kind of like does a double take on that too and he kind of holds it up change shouts like keep change and kind of tucks it and kind of goes about okay no, maria no. gets a text uh after she goes up for the drink and it says, uh, wine is a mocker and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Proverbs 20, verse 31. And Maria's going to like look at the text and you just see if you're watching, you're just going to see her like long hold and delete the text. You said you weren't going to proselytize. Here you are <laughs> right off the bat. First thing you do on the inside. Maria's going to look for some type of... Um, if there's any like seating around like the outside. So there's a variety of like these high top tables. There's, you know, it's not so much seating. It's just, there's the tables and people kind of huddle around it. Okay. Uh, then I'll look for one kind of exterior. You can see there's some like really uncomfortable looking benches here and there along the exterior of the, of the, the walls and such. Um, but there's nothing comfortable other than what looks to be up on the second floor. But you can tell that the staircases that go up there, these curling metal grandiose numbers, uh, are roped off, and you can tell mm-hmm. that there are more of those kind of big, bulky-looking uh, fellas, dark, dark uh, you know, dark clothing, black shirt, black black pants, etc. So, you can either linger by one of these tables, or you can kind of go grab a, a bench. No one's sitting in the sitting there yet. It just looks to be more one of those like places where you go and rest or something. Yeah, I'm definitely um, looking for vantage point. So whatever's going to oh, be yeah, the best no place problem. for me to see yeah, everything. No problem. That's easy enough. Okay. And then I'm going to text um, Linda. You're outside, right? Yeah, she's in line to come in. Okay, Linda got in the line. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Maria's going to text Linda and just ask, um, is there a back entrance? Um, and I'll just indicate that there's like balcony um, like, is there a back entrance? Uh, VIPs in you know inside, kind of giving you the idea that there must be another way inside. Yeah, and she'll just tell you like what she saw. Just it seemed to be like a worker's entrance. She didn't see anything else. Okay. Okay. Uh, Alvin or Reverend, uh, what are you doing inside? Probably gonna grab a drink. Just. Look around the room, wait for this bird man. Supposedly he's supposed to show up. Sure. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll be texting Alvin then. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> grown ups. 
kids are grown-ups. They're in their thirties uh, and forties. We're on. We're working though. Proselytizing like crazy. Uh, okay. Um, so you just same thing. You're just kind of posting up somewhere. Got mm-hmm. your drink. Okay. Reverend, what are you doing on the inside other than proselytizing and immediately breaking the word that you gave to the bouncer outside? <laughs> you, you act like I should feel bad about that. Um, I would uh, be going into the bathroom to try and get away from the noise. You go into the bathroom, Reverend. And there's no line just yet. But you go in there. You hear the sounds of people talking and laughing. There's, there's, there's people in here. And as you walk in, you hear the distinct sound of coming from inside one of the urinals. Not one of the urinals, one of the, one of the stalls. Door's not closed, it's just sort of there. You can tell underneath, underneath you know, like where the, the doors doesn't go all the way down to the floor, there's four legs. You can tell there's two people in there. And then you, the second later, you hear. As people seem to be <coughs> snorting drugs. <coughs> no response, actually. They don't care. Is there uh, any chance there's enough to share? So one of them pulls back on the uh, on the the stall door and they look out at you and you can see two two you know two young guys early twenties like super young scrawny skinny uh, you can tell that like they're you know dressed fairly dark but you can see that one of them has what looks like a in process sleeve of tattoos it's not quite done not quite filled in there's some like stenciled areas and there's other parts that are filled in with color still kind of working on it it's just sort of mishmash of like classic art and also comic art this sort of strange mixture of things and they look up at you and because again you have no subterfuge you've tried your best to hide this collar they look at your face they look at your cane and then they look at your collar and they're like, <laughs> is this some kind of joke? I'll pull out a wad of cash. Eyes go wide. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he kind of reaches out. Money first. Uh, father? I'll, I'll give him a hundred. You see, okay, and then the other one takes it. They kind of argue, like, like you said, there's a moment of arguing, but then like you hand over the cash, like, and they get this little bag out, and it's got, you know, it's powder of some kind, and they dip out a line for you on the back of the on the top. Like, these are like old school toilets; they're not like basic toilets. So they actually have like like a, like residential, like a residential toilet. So there's a whole flat top for the reservoir. I, I think you uh, misunderstood me there, son. How much for the bag? Uh, and they kind of look at each other. I, I paid two. And then they look, the, other, the other one looks up. Uh, uh, two. I pull out 300 more and hand it to him. You, uh, okay. 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 Can we take this this line? We'll give you what's left. The Lord bless and keep you. And I take the bag and walk out. 
and then like you see one of them like kind of does this weird like trying to and butchering this catholic cross and then you hear as you're walking out <laughs> so you have a little back sure um uh i don't i have a little bit of streetwise would i know if this just like generic cocaine roll that roll that streetwise give me a give me a streetwise intelligence? intelligence is fine yes would you like anything uh, from the audience Yes, I would. Uh, unless we could do like resolve, like I'm resolved to figure out what this is. <laughs> I feel like I don't think that makes any sense. Stick it in your nose, like Rita did. <laughs> All right, so I'm taking one audience die. Okay, I'll say I'll say a difficulty uh, for this to identify to differentiate between this and sort of any other drug. Like you're specifically trying to assess whether this is dust. For you, I'm going to call this moderate. For somebody else like Linda, I, maybe, or somebody who's seen dust before, it would probably not even require a roll. Moderate is how many? Three. Okay, wish me luck. <laughs> I'm sure as part of that lengthy conversation everyone had in the afternoon, it might have been brought up here or there. The description. Like what you're looking for. To yeah. some degree. All right, that's two successes. I'm going to use a willpower to re-roll two dice. I saw that. Three successes. Exactly. Okay. So you notice a few things when you look at the bag. It's a small bag, plastic, etc. You can tell the there's definitely they've already started on it, right? Like like they've gotten a few lines of this, so you didn't really get your money's worth. I don't know whether that bothers you or not. Not in the slightest. You notice that on the inside of the bag there is like this little sort of logo on the inside so it and it's it's strange it's just a like a, it almost looks like a missile and just you don't even know what to make of it and as you're looking at the the actual ingredients themselves it doesn't look like just like cocaine it's it's not white and it takes you a second cuz the light lighting's so messed up inside the club but when you when you finally kind of get to a point where you can trust the light you can tell that there is sort of a an off-white coloring to it like it, it definitely looks as though this matches the description that linda has maybe given you or maybe Kyote or maria gave you about what rena took it's it definitely looks like it, it's powder though i would uh take a picture of the logo okay and uh send it to linda alvin and maria okay uh, just so that they've seen it at least, whether they recognize it or not, more people knowing the clue is better. Mm-hmm. That uh, that message just pops up. Everyone gets it. That's fine. Linda will say it comes in right as you're going through, and guy looks at you, and he's just like, he kind of winces. You can tell he's he's I've hesitating. I've got a disease. <laughs> I don't know if know. that helps you. <laughs> Or not like a disease, I guess I should say. I should say it's more of like a. You see, he you you this... see he he reaches down, and he grabs the hook of the rope, and uh-huh. slowly starts to hook it to the other, the other stand, yeah. closing the line off. Um, sorry, I th- I think we're full up. Everyone's got to wait, and he's kind of looking right at you with this pained look on his face. If you want to make a roll, you can. Wait. 
No, you can make a roll if you can. Oh, uh, for what? To try to convince him to get in, to go inside. But as he looks at you, and as like the numbers are there, and then you say you have a disease. <laughs> I meant to say not like a disease. Like a condition. Like a, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that's going to help either. <laughs> I know, but whatever. <laughs> Those are all... Uh, I'm going to say for you, unfortunately, this is going to be hard. That's fine. Yeah. So five successes. Would you like an extra from the audience? Uh, no. Cause what am I rolling? Uh, whatever you want to try to convince your way in here. So, uh, in terms, so if you're trying to just persuade, that's fine. That's for the skill. Uh, then you can probably use like either manipulation or charisma, uh, for your attribute. Oh, I don't got shit for either of those. Okay. You don't say. Yep. That's fine. <laughs> Lecture him about the inappropriateness of ageism. He's doing his. He's doing his That's job. All I could get. This is yeah. his job. He's got to yeah. get young, attractive people in here, Melissa. He already let you yeah, and Alvin reverend his senior citizens. This ain't country kitchen buffet. Uh, so you give him your best. You know. You know, whatever it is you say, you try. You try. You mention it's a condition that you're really younger yeah. than you look and stuff. And then. She'll realize that she's she's not doing anything good, and she's like, "Look, I just want to purchase some stuff. Can I perhaps go around back? Is there any other options?" That's interesting. He okay. How many successes did you get? Three. That's the max I could get. Okay. So he's still he's still gonna do the hook thing. So you're not getting it. That's for yeah. sure. She's like, I get it. I get it. I I look rough. Okay. I've lived a rough life. I just I just need a hit. You could tell he's he's starting to take a little sympathy at this point now. And now the whole condition thing is might working for you. And he's kind of looks around. He's like get up motions with his head. Kind mm-hmm. of further down, we'll call it the the west side of the club. You did like a, a walk down. We'll say the op, you know, the back side, the the north side yeah. of the club, the alleyway there. But he kind of motions down there. He's like, "Go see Cruz." All right, thank you. You and got cash. Ricardo. It's only cash. Yeah, I got cash. Okay. So Linda, you walk you walk down curve round you can see that it's another alleyway and you would imagine that they kind of weave together at some point in the path in the back but you can see that there is a van back here and you can tell that there are others who are doing the same thing you are and even as you're kind of turning down the alley someone else kind of comes out you notice first of all that the van here has some lettering on the side it's kind of parked off to the side it's dark. Can't make it out from a distance, but you can tell it's it's a lettered van. And you can see that there is like a, a handful of like these lawn chairs that have been set up where people have just kind of posted up. And there is a guy just sitting back there. He's got this big old cigar in his mouth. And he's just sort of smoking it here and there. There's other couple dudes around him. People are kind of waiting in line as they get there and they're kind of going up and they kind of give an order. And then sort of put some a wad of cash down. Someone's handing stuff out, handing stuff out, handing stuff out. So you get up. 
come to like one of the dudes who's like standing in front of the guy with a cigar and God, this guy kind of leans and looks at you. But he's not the one who talks. One of these other ones, one of the bodyguards like, what do you want, Grandma? Uh, I was, I was, Cruz, I was told to come see Cruz. Yeah, you found him. Um, I need a hit. Uh, and she just kind of like points at herself and she's like, Ew, what, what do you got? He kind of gets this weird look on his face, kind of laughs, but also grimaces at the same time. And he kind of looks down at the dude with the cigar. And you can see he pulls that out of his mouth and he gets this huge grin. Like, if the grandma wants a hit, give grandma a hit. And kind of puts the cigar back in his mouth, lights it up, and he is, like, dressed something crazy. You can see he's uh-huh. got what almost looks like a lei on, you know, like a Hawaiian lei, but it's dark okay. flowers. It's kind of wrapped on. He's got this almost like a leisure suit with a, with kind of a red undershirt, but it's kind of this, you think it's dark, maybe gray. And he's got these saddleback shoes that's red and black, and they're glistening. And the light coming down from the moon, from the you know stars, such like that. You do your exchange. You get a little bag. Uh-huh. You look down on it. And in the camera, based upon the picture you got sent by the reverend, it's got that crew. It's got that missile right there. Yeah. Right inside. As you're walking out of the alleyway, you kind of peek up. You look at the van really quick. And you realize yeah. as you're walking out, it says Valley Medcore. Okay. We'll go ahead and stop there for tonight. Oh, damn it. As we are. Yay. Two and a half hours in. Oh my God, is that a Logan chat? What's yes. up, Logan, man? How you been? It is. Oh, wow. It's been a while, man. Oh, Holy boy. goodness. That was fun tonight, guys. <laughs> Good session. Good that session. Was one heck of an episode. That was great. <laughs> I was I was nervous about how it was going to how everything was going to resolve itself, but I got to say, you guys crushed it. Like that was so interesting. Like I can't believe how little I said for like an hour and a half. It was amazing. It was yeah, awesome. Went in. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So, we'll pick up there. We'll pick up with Kyoti on the uh he's got on he's got the the tablet. He's keeping an eye on the drone flying around outside. Linda just picked up some drugs from Cruz. Um, just saw this Valley Medcore van. Also saw a locker room control car. Alvin, Maria, and the Reverend are inside. The Reverend's also doing drugs, clearly. Uh, and uh, I don't know what Sarah's going to think when you come home covered in <laughs> glitter and and your eyes. Uh, I don't keep secrets from her. She's going to know every detail. <laughs> Especially when that, uh, you know, when the DJ walks in and we actually figure out that it's that female master vampire. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rust, uh, would you like to come in now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we might, we might be able to use you now. We'll see. We'll see. I'm it very excited. It would so funny if I was actually let in because I was going to have Linda go immediately to the center of the dance floor and mm-hmm. just start blasting out moves. <laughs> One day, maybe you'll get in there. I don't know. <laughs> Today was not that day. I feel no, like that's, that yeah. worked out better. That's more of what I was. No, totally. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do some closing plugs, and I'll, I'll set up a raid. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> tell us about what's going on with Garp Lag these days. 
Oh, uh, let's see. Garblag uh, next week. I think uh, Monday is in a bit of flux at the moment. Um, Tuesday, I believe that uh, Millie will be back for some Coriolis. Wednesday, uh, Dan will be running um, Age of Sigmar uh, Soulbound for us. Then on Thursday, Lewis will be running the One Ring again. And Thursday night, of course, we will be back for more of Octoon Cthulhu, Episode 2, The Force to Fear, with uh, that Modifius is sponsoring for us. And we're giving some great giveaways for that, so please tune in for that. Uh, Friday, I think they're going to be back with some Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, but don't quote me on that. Sounds great. Uh, and that Octan Cthulhu game went got off to a fantastic start. We gave away a PDF last night of the Shadows of Atlantis campaign. So we got new stuff next week. So definitely come back every Thursday on Garblack. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really enjoying the character I'm playing. The characters are great. Uh, he's, he's awesome. Uh, I, I mean, the leadership skills for that game, so I never really looked at him that close, but I mean, unbelievable. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to never fire a gun. I'm just going to tell people what to do. That's, that's the whole <laughs> thing I'm going, you do this, you do this. And you, I just make you better when you do it. It's weird. Uh, speaking of making people better, Steven, what are you doing on Tuesdays? Uh, you're playing a similar character on Tuesdays where you don't fire guns. Yeah. Uh, Tuesdays are the good, the mad and the unholy, a haunted West game. Uh, some rootin' tootin' horror. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We got uh, a couple of least faces here in the game. We just started arc two uh, and they have wandered into the jaws of the beast. Will the jaws clamp down? Find out next week. Wait a second. I thought we were just at a ranch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh Keep and telling yourself that yeah and as for <laughs> us here uh let's see well i mean that's here the haunted west games here but tomorrow we'll be back to one ring we've been off for about a month but we're finally back to one ring we are in angmar doing our wanky Vangmare campaign so it's very fun to get back to that uh i don't remember how to play but uh whatever uh let's see and then monday we're going to be doing holler for savage worlds uh next holler <laughs> uh appalachian apocalypse uh, then, uh, let's see, next Friday is going to be, uh, a mothership night and we'll be back in two weeks with more, uh, with more Hunter, with the new crew. We see the crew together. It actually is, I thought moved together. It made sense. A lot of, everyone did mm-hmm. fantastic jobs tonight. It was amazing. It's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Logan. Thank you so much, man. Uh, so yeah, Melissa already dropped it. If you want to, uh, get some of these, we've been, we've started rolling a lot of physical dice. Our friends at Norse Foundry, our friend Eric. He's kind of hooking us up here and there, and he's given us a promo code. So if you want to get some of those wonderful dice from Norse Foundry, use the promo code Lolly for 10% off your order. Uh, and yeah, Logan, I am an un, I am unparalleled at old woman. Uh, I got to say, generally my favorite thing to uh, to play uh, is old women. I don't know why that is. Uh, Mama Purdy might still be my favorite character I've ever played. So though it, my throat hurt from it. Anyhow. Uh, why don't we get out of here? Uh, we're going to raid our friends over at Slices and Dices. It looks like they're playing Call of Cthulhu, a game that we just played this past week, and it will be coming to the channel very soon as we're starting up a Horror on the Orient Express. So why don't we go ahead and watch some Call of Cthulhu. Follow the raid. Thank you to everybody who hung out tonight. Thank you to all of you who threw out some bits, threw out some subs. You all were so fantastic. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And if you're watching this later on YouTube or on the Twitch VOD, thank you for thinking of us there. Hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, whatever the hell button you see. Just hit a button, and I'm sure nothing bad will happen from it. Other than that, click the raid button, which is about to pop up. 
Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. See you.